We don't fear these demons. We destroy them. We, we pick them up one by one and we pitch them out of this world. That's God's purpose for us. The angel called us God's hands. So we're like superheroes? That's right. Or a family of superheroes are going to help save the world. That could be your star right That's there. it. That's it. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. He does have a bratty kid, though. I think they're both got their shit together now. Uh, I mean, when you get older, you get your shit together. Paris Hilton's like, actually yeah, like going yeah. and doing I, some like, she's shit. She's doing a lot of stuff I appreciate. And I'm glad she's doing it, because our perception hey, of her was... if you have the money and you have the status, you should be doing good shit. One of, my, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite South Park episodes is when... Favorite. Paris Hilton, they were Perry and Paris Hilton. Oh, that was a good and, episode. And the dogs kept committing suicide. They killed themselves, yeah. yeah. Why do they all keep doing that? <laughs> then she sees Butters in the bear costume. Yeah. I want them. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So what have you been up to? You've been traveling. Been traveling a little bit. I was in... Um, <laughs> you and somebody else was probably in Delaware. I was in Delaware. It was probably, beautiful. It's absolutely the one beautiful. State that no one ever talks about. And I think everybody loves it in Delaware that nobody talks I hear about. That, I hear that about uh, Idaho. I hear Idaho is like, anytime someone talks good about Idaho, someone else from Idaho says, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I think. Because picture a picturesque New England town, yeah. but far enough south where the river is above yeah. them, they don't get the winters that New York City gets. Little, cr- very little crime, very little. But they thing. don't get the winters that New York City get, and yeah. New York City is only two hours away. Yeah. So they get it's like right above it. It's like that corridor where it just. I was goes an hour there. from DC. Yeah, you flew into DC. Flew into drove. Baltimore. Um, Ooh, Baltimore, and that's uh, a whole other story. <laughs> as soon as I got off, I heard uh, I heard the theme song from uh, The Wire. The Wire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where is it? Where are the locations? <laughs> I just booked my. Have you been following how many of the them have died or or gone to prison? Oh, the members of the... Uh, yeah, well, the they used a lot of former uh, yeah. people, too. But, yeah, I was going to say, I just booked our trip. To, we're going for Valentine's Day. We're going to um, San Francisco. San Francisco. And there's just so the many locations. cheapest loca- place on the planet. So many... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cheap right now to go there, for sure. And we already rented our Airbnb, so that's cheap. How much was that? Uh, 107 a night. I mean, it beats hotel prices. And it's nice. Really nice. I, I will never stay in a hotel again. That's just chump thing you can why not stay in someone's house and it's cheaper and it's if it's a big city you don't think you have no, a no, choice no. if you're in like manhattan you want to stay in a hotel unless you find a like condo we had someone well i'll tell you what we had a <clears throat> airbnb in the in the village mm-hmm. there was like 300 a night and we were feeling like Airbnb's a lot of money now because they have to keep up and it was great you walked out your front door there was an indian restaurant below the apartment yeah that's perfect. <laughs> and you walked out your front door, you were right in the middle of everything. Yeah, this is the San Francisco one's right in Mission District and everything. And I, uh, my girl's been. I've never been before. But I'm looking online, and all the restaurants that are famous in movies are still there and still, like, affordable. Like the one from Mrs. Doubtfire where she, he was dressed as the man and then the woman. And, okay. Uh, it was called Bridges Restaurant. Still there. Still up for reservations. Like, not it, – it's fancy, but, like, the most – Thing on the most expensive thing on the menu is like thirty five dollars, which is not that bad. The problem opinion. with San Francisco is that uh, they bought in heavily to all those tech companies, and now they're all starting to leave. Yeah, and so the prices of real estate 
Oh, the homeless problem is unbelievable there. I guess it's not as bad as in L.A. right now. L.A. is just tent city after tent city after tent city. I would imagine that because the weather in San Francisco but San Francisco, Francisco hell, they, man. They have apps now to let you know where human shit is so you can avoid it. What did Samuel Clemens say? The, the coldest winter I ever spent was the summer in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was looking up restaurants. The restaurant from Soy Married. There's a lot of Soy Married and Axe Murderer. Do you and, get into uh, that stuff? Going to places they, where they did stuff? For, not normally, but San Francisco seems like there's so many. Go to that places. hill with that police chase with bullet. And was it bullet? Well, you know the uh, the place I am gonna visit because I looked on the map. It's like a five minute walk from our apartment. Is that uh, park in um, Dirty Harry? Where, oh, he, okay. where he ran yeah, him yeah, around yeah. and had the big cross. Yep. Remember he had him yep. face the big cross? That big cross is like famous, and it's like five minutes from our place. I said, we'll go there. You have to recreate the scene. And in Chinatown, <laughs> obviously, I know where the streets are, that Big Trouble China film. So this might be the one location we go to that I may actually take some pictures. I of. mean, it's cool because it's not... Silly Hollywood stuff. Because yeah, usually we don't go to places like that. Like uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, I'm sure there's places that film there, but not anything big. Uh, Iceland, they did. And there's a lot of people that do go there for like Game of Thrones. I was like, going to say Game of Thrones. They take happens. pictures like that exactly mirror the pictures in the thing, which would be cool, but I not for that uh, show. I would do it for movies or something. So. so yeah, we're excited. And then we're going to go someplace for our anniversary next year. But I'm glad at least we can uh, do some traveling and stuff. So before we start this pod... Before we start, I feel like we should talk. We're already and we're filming. We're gonna record this one and the Halloween one at the same time. So maybe I'll get Justin's take on it too. We should talk a little at the same time. (laughs) At the same time, we'll come (laughs) together. Justin's here then. The Alec Baldwin situation. Oh Jesus! And uh, how it's unfolding, and how this girl's gonna go to jail. (laughs) It looks like she apparently is incompetent. Did you hear about the new stuff that came out today? That Nicolas Cage walked off the set in August where she was on and the gun had already gone off twice accidentally. He said she was holding it. She was like walking with him under her arms with the barrels pointing behind him at people behind him. Said it was just bad Aren't safety. Aren't they supposed to be in a box safety. with a lock and, yeah. carried to the well, the problem spot is, you're supposed to use these it? These are low budget. I mean, they're not yeah. ultra low budget, but they're low budget. So they're already cutting corners where they need to cut corners. And this girl was someone's daughter of a guy. She was on a podcast like a month ago saying that she didn't think she was ready for the job. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I think one of the best decisions we made as filmmakers was to disabandon the squibs that yeah. we were going to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, squibs are a little different. At least, it's yeah. A, but think of, remember the guy was really sketchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went to his house oh, well, in like him, Lake sure. City. I mean, if he, we got a better, po- guy, he was super sketchy. Like he, I don't think he could do it at all. Let, let alone. I think he thought. I think he's he's like I like gunpowder. <laughs> I like explosions. Let's tape it to yeah, people. Yeah, that's probably good. There was one movie we did film when we shot real uh, bullets into the woods, which was the uh, yeah. Uh, Silent Dove, we did a, well. We did a couple of different real bullets. We did the door at the gu- yeah, that at was the, at gun, the range. gun range, which we felt pretty and safe. Then, and then the, and then the movie before that, we sh- I shot into the woods. Yeah, and but that, that was, was pretty controlled. That was pretty we controlled. made sure we. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my whole life is set up so, to make sure to I'm avoid safe. Accidents, yes, and exactly. Else. Or yeah, we're not. I'm very, very risk averse when it comes to. And from what I hurt. hear, first of all, you're not. You shouldn't have live ammunition just hanging on the set. Why, you That's, don't even need it on the set. No. Why is it even there? No, it's absolutely ridiculous. And apparently they had it there because they were like... Uh they were uh, shooting cans before the shoot started every morning. Oh, and hey, that's let's how use it ha- the same guns that we... Yep. Uh... And the exact same guns. And 
people are giving That's Alex so shit too because uh, there's a lot of people have come out that says, "Hey, I've been around guns forever," and he's like, "I've never had a gun not handed to me open." One of the uh, major action actors uh-huh. had come out. I can't remember who it was, and he, he's like, "I've been doing it for 40 years," and he says they hand it to you open so you can see what's in it, and then you close it, and then you do your thing. Yeah. So if they had done that, they would have realized what it was, but. I mean, yelling cold weapon before they gave it to him is probably the one thing that's going to get him off from doing it. You know what? Alec Baldwin will not get I don't think so. And I don't think he should, to be honest with you. That's not his responsibility. I think she should absolutely. Oh, yeah. She should go to prison. The 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 producers should hold some responsibility. Alec's one of the producers. I mean, he'll obviously he'll pay out big time. Did you see see that asshole uh, Trump's son? Oh, yeah. He's selling t shirts that say guns don't kill people, Alec Baldwin kills people. That's really fucked up. Well, it, I, they hated it. Them just anyways. happened. Come on, they hated it anyways did, because of that's disrespectful to the family. Oh yeah, of the person no, killed. It's not going to make him look good, you know. I mean, and this is gun safety for, should be for everybody, you know. Come on, they locked our plastic guns. Yeah, in the safe plastic on, guns, which on makes Project sense Threshold. Because they don't know if we they don't know if we them. replaced them with a real gun or not. Yep. But they, we came into a building. They ran us through metal detectors. They ran everything. It was a federal building. It too, was a federal building. I still can't believe they let us film there. Yeah. They're talking about this right after the Alec Baldwin thing. Say, hey, remember when we let that fucking low-budget film crew film in the bottom of the thing? We brought the real sniper rifle on the roof of that building right after 9-11 on a campus. That was ridiculous. When you look back at some he of He was hesitant to do it, and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Now I'm like, how did we ever talk that? At least we How did we ever talk that guy into letting us do that? It was right after 9-11, wasn't it? No, no, it was like 2007. So it was like five, six years afterwards. Yeah, 2007. It I was we something that happened recently. Maybe something. But I remember we did originally have it across from a bank, and we were like, let's at least move the roof of the building yeah. to another building. And then we found another building, which overlooked the school. <laughs> we should have totally gotten deep shit to that. No one called. No one noticed. We were up there with a gun hanging off the top of the roof. Yeah. Like a yeah. sniper. With a big we were sniper filming rifle. a sniper movie. And if you've so. ever seen a sniper rifle like from far away. Yeah. That glass, yeah. if it hits the sun, lights you up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you can, you'll be like, "What the hell?" Is we that? should have seen SWAT showing up. Yeah, and, ooh, that would have been rough. Oh, film it, film it. Hey, Paul, I quit. <laughs> we'll use this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Ethan, you're the director now. It's like I'm the captain. Yeah, you're the, you're the director now. <laughs> Which was a thriller. So let's work our way into that. But we're not doing late 2000s. We're gonna do 2000 thrillers here. Which this is a shitload. 2000 was a good year for thrillers, man. And I, I love the thriller because it's a cross between drama and horror. For the most part, it can kind of dip in the both uh, kind of venues. And it's sometimes action, And too. action, I was going to say. Yeah, action, definitely. too. Not as much comedy. You're not going to find much comedy on here other than like a one-liner here and there. But, or a parody. Yeah, or a parody. Yeah. Like Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, I guess, was... I don't know if you'd call it a thriller, but it certainly was... Uh, it was not. Nice. You had machine guns going yeah, like this. Fat That was that was some great gunplay in that. Oh yeah, that movie for sure. Yeah, yeah there's some good ones, and mm, there's not a whole lot of guns in most of these movies right here. Actually, there's a couple. There's I guns see. for sure, but it's not like a gunfight type of thing. Yeah, even that, it was not really a gunfight for a few minutes. Yeah, the first one has something too. So. We should talk these movies, and we're going to have to be careful on some of these movies because... Spoiler. No, yeah, we'll we'll either say spoiler or we'll... If it's a big spoiler that we don't really like this first one here, we probably don't want to 
uh, give the entire thing away because it was this first one was so shocking that I would take people. I saw the movie three times. Really. And it was one of those ones I could not wait to bring people because I wanted to see how shocked they were. I got a great story in this list, and it's this movie. Oh, good. So let's start this first one. This first one is 2003's Identity. And if you have not seen Identity, oh my God. I loved it. It's so I mean, good. they were... Brilliant this, script. They really upped their game. Like, early 2000s yeah. had some great scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what year did... Uh, what year did Green Mile and all those start coming out? Uh, Green Mile late was 90s? probably late 90s, I okay. would say. Like from that period like to 2006. Like Memento was when that. When Memento was being, for me being was John when Malkovich. Like, when was that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question too. Justin, look this shit up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mal- Malkovich, being John Malkovich and M- Memento were probably a next level uh, kind of. Memento was 2000. So being John Malkovich is 99. So yeah, 99 going into 2000, I think they, they just up the level a little bit more. And to be honest and be fair, that's when I moved over to 2000 is when I moved over to the Duck Pond yeah. and started building my yeah, collection. movie collection and started walking here again. And just buying anything. And just buying like. anything. Like I'd buy, it's like Way of the Gun. Oh, Way of the Gun. Yeah, we'll yeah. get Way of the well, Gun. I like Guy Pierce. I'll, I'll pick that up. Yeah. Or, or this yeah. Or that. And, and you... Because you had seen so many movies that you had to look for something new to watch. New th- uh, ni- the nineties, the early nineties were were well known for husbands, evil husbands, and their wives figuring it out type of situation. There's a lot of what movies. Was the like one that. with uh, Julia Roberts when she left Sleeping the towels? With the enemy. When she left the towels. Sleeping uh, with the enemy, malice, deceived. There were so many of them. They were all good. Kiss before dying yeah, yeah, was yeah, another yeah. great one yeah. with Matt Dillon. So that's what they oh, were. That was that was a for. great one. Yeah. So when I think early 2000s, I think elevated scripts, elevated uh, elevated like, thrillers uh, type of thing. With, with when did Eyes Wide Shut was like 2000, right? <laughs> Maybe when it finally came out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about, when it finally came out. Uh, no, it was a little earlier than that. I think it was closer to like 97 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go identity here. Okay. But were you shocked? When the big yeah, moment happened, we're not gonna, let's avoid the big moment if we can. They did a really good job of hiding it. Really, to good. be honest with no, you, you wouldn't. You know. wouldn't have guessed it because they didn't give you enough clues for you to guess it. It's true. It, the second time, even you were like, maybe I would have thought something was weird with that, but that was about it. They hid their cards really close. To it their did best. all fit to place. So you were, yeah, you they, were thrilled. It was a were. good puzzle mm-hmm. that all fit together afterwards. The, um, the let's talk the cast because the cast was insane in this movie. I mean, they got Ray, they got Ray Liotta. Uh, they've been talking smack about Ray Liotta Who? for that uh, for the new Sopranos movie. Apparently, he's just been around for so long that he just phones it in all the time, and yeah. all the crew was like, "What the hell's up with Ray, man?" It like he did not know his lines whatsoever. He just doesn't learn them anymore. He just shows up, and then it was frustrating for the rest of the yeah. crew. Uh, so, dude, uh, get on your shit, man. Yeah, well, that's what it was. He's literally know. one of the top twenty yeah. actors of our time. I, I think you get like lethargic when it comes to that type of stuff. But you would think now in the pandemic where it's coming out of it and people are starting to work again, that they would be all like I'll tell you what though, he's, I bet he's got enough pride that if people start talking more shit about him, yeah. he'll he'll come back yeah, with something. It's good big. because there's young actors out there that will kick your ass if you're not careful. I yeah. watched the Dune movie, it was fucking awesome. All those actors Who's in the it bleed were so guy good. From- uh, Timothy uh, Chalamet, who who became like super like famous and likable like overnight, like people.
people were like, hey, really? did you hear about, you love Timothy Chalamet? I said, I didn't even heard the fucker guy. Yeah. And But he's really good at it. And apparently he's playing Willy Wonka in the new thing, oh. so he's going to go next level <laughs> good anyways. And he, uh, he was great, but Oscar Isaacs was They should the do an evil Willy Wonka. Oh, man. I think the original was the evil Willy I know, Willy but Wonka. Like, like evil intentioned. <laughs> I always thought he had really bad intentions in that movie. I think, But he, he didn't. There was multi-layered shit going on in that Gene Wilder performance. That scene when he brings back the gobstopper... That was a pretty intense scene. Every scene. You watch him in every scene, it's really freaky. Yeah. You know those movies that they take comedies and they make horror trailers out of it? You oh, yeah, could yeah. Absolutely, oh, absolutely do that with Willy Wonka. Well, I mean, with the marching Oompa Loompas alone, you'd play some music behind that. That would scare crap out of you. He's like scary. If I had the equipment still, I would cut a horror trailer out of that shit because he... he Go back and rewatch that role. It's crazy. All right, so we got Ray Liotta. We have John Hawks, who's great. Oh, Rebecca yeah. De Mornay, which we hadn't seen in years. Yep. John Cusack, William McNamara, yep. uh, Amanda Peet. Yep, she's great. The, the girl from... Who was uh, the rich one that, that was an actress? That was Rebecca De Mornay. Okay. Uh, the, the the weird girl from Faculty. What about the married couple? From, the two married, the younger couple? Yeah, I think the... Yeah, I don't know who he was. He was good in it, though. He was the angry kid that kept pounding on the door and everything. So basically what's going on is you're, you've got all these guys. A huge storm is going on, and all these strangers kind of come together at yep. this shady kind of... One of those shady motels. This is one of those movies where they really, really had to set out to say, okay, cell phones don't work around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this definitely worked for having no cell phones and everything, and they were still at this point in 2003. I mean, I think you got to do that for the history of yeah. movies from now on, right? Oh, yeah. If you want someone to be isolated, you have to have, Just say, make it a period piece. you got to go back. Or, or say they're somewhere where cell signal doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's still a thing. It's a big storm. <laughs> it's a big storm. It's knocking all the towers out. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to do that. You almost have to. So... Even if this movie was a straight up what we thought it was, uh-huh. because you yeah. think it's one movie until about an hour and twenty. I mean, there's no reason to even talk about the other part because no. it's it's it, at right at the end, and you and then you start piecing it all back. It's just as good thinking there, because what we're seeing is we're seeing he's getting close to giving it away. Uh, I hear him. No, no, no. I hear him. Ray Liotta is transferring a uh, escaped criminal from the prison, and it's yeah. Jake Busey who looks yeah. crazy as fuck. And at some point, he loses him at the hotel. You know what? He just looks like Jake Busey. No, he does. And he, he <laughs> I, I love that he he dives into it. You know, oh, he 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 turns on his dad's. Oh yeah, like he's almost he does like that smile. He's only and... like he's playing a character of his dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's really good. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was in Predators, and uh, or he the, should be in a uh, lot Predator. more. Yeah, he should be in more. He's got that look for it for sure. At least do it in case it's genetic and you lose your shit, too. <laughs> He's going to uh, lose his shit. So at some point, each one of the people at the hotel starts dying. And it's yeah. just like picking one yeah. off after another. And they and there's a lot of clues, but none of them add up. Like at one point, you realize they all share the same birthday. Yeah. And you're like, this is fucking weird. Because he took and, all the licenses. And everyone's looking guilty. They think John Hawks The guy that was running the it. hotel, John he was the prime suspect yeah. until... And I don't know if this spoils This was it. like when... What, when Ray Liotta took his jacket off. Yeah. That's when you started being like, okay, yeah, there's about some, some crazy shit it, about it, to happen. It's a fun movie to watch the second time. It really, really is just because you can really yeah. put it all together. Amanda Peet was great in this. Amanda Peet was she great. She was really good. She was always underrated. I loved her in Iggy yeah. Goes Down. Uh, but this was one of the first things I saw John Hawks in. And then John mm-hmm. Hawks went next level on a whole bunch of different movies. But he did. He was, well, he was a Coen Brothers dude for a while, He was too, a Deadwood. Remember, he was Timothy Offat's brother. Is he a Coen Brothers guy? 
Have they used him? No, I don't think they've used John Hawks. I loved him in Winter's Bone. Oh, As my the God. uncle in Winter's Bone? Is he this going to be our time? <laughs> oh, man, he was crazy. He was one of those dudes that, like, his character, yeah. when he walked on the screen, you you felt anxious for everybody Which there. is weird, because when you first look at him, he does not strike you as that Mm-mm. actor that could instill fear into you, but he was creepy. He usually plays the dorky kind of yeah. weaselly guy, and yeah. that's kind of how he played in this movie. And uh, yeah, it, this movie was just next level, man. And it went all the way down to the ending. I remember uh, giving it to mom, and mom loved it. She's like, when "I gotta did... watch it tomorrow." I said, "You know, I think that's the most common thing people." And they say. were interviewing. There was a patient they were interviewing. Mm-hmm. You can talk a little bit about that because my story is related to that guy. Oh yeah, that, I know what story you're gonna tell. So talk and, about him, and, and then I'll relate my story. Um, Pruitt, I think his last name is Pruitt, and I, I used I always knew him from Jacob's Ladder. He was really good in Jacob's Ladder. He ended up gaining like 40 or 50 pounds. Maybe it's more like 80 or 80 pounds. And he looked a little different, but it it, it it enhanced the roles that he had. He was able to do something. And if you if you, Google, if you Google Pruitt actor, you'll see who we're talking about. And he's got the he's got weird eyes. That but he can, can dart them. Yeah, he darts them or, from side to side in like a weird them. way. He shakes them, and it really works like, well for all. Like the Like if you want to show somebody under stress. Yeah, like in Jacob Slatter, he played the ex military guy yep. who was seeing stuff, and he was talking mm-hmm. to Timothy Robbins, and his eyes were all over the place, and. Uh, he was uh, my lucky day when he, he was in. Coin. He oh, was so in good. JFK. He yeah. was the train conductor that w- they or the parking lot attendant. That's right. And he was the one that saw the cars come in, and then like towards the end, they showed him dead. He had a single car crash. That's right. And through the windshield. But yeah, tell you you have a. So Marie and I went to the Garden District. Um, in where? Just in New Orleans. Hmm. He's from New Orleans. That yeah. actor is from New Orleans. So. We're going to watch some jazz, and our formula usually is we'll find a place and we'll just stay there, go from place to place watching music, and then dip into other places for shots. And so we like to go to a bunch of different places. So we're about at our third spot, and we got some drinks, and then we went out in the back patio. You've been to New Orleans before. I haven't. Oh, really? No. Back patios of bars are crazy. They're all like all painted and, and like weird. Like Sometimes they put glass on top so people can't hop them. <laughs> like into Smart. the cement and so but it's all they do it as an art form too so we're sitting outside and like everybody's staring at me yeah they must know everybody's sta- they must he know must come to that bar yeah because yeah. i had my hat on so, but so all you could really see was this uh-huh. and everybody's staring at me and finally one dude comes over and he's man i just want to tell you how much i appreciate you and i was like you think i'm somebody else <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you're that actor right you're the dude and, and yeah, I you said, can almost and never I said, which, I said, well, I said to him, I said, uh, um, swing blade guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Billy Bob. I said, you think I'm Billy Bob? He's Billy like, Bob. When Billy Bob got heavy, he did look a little like you. Like when Billy Bob was in Tombstone, yeah. he, he was a little heavier, yeah. but then he lost a shitload of weight. Yeah. So they, so I, that, I said, that guy, he's like, no, the guy from Identity. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. I looked the guy up when I got home. He's Pruitt, from New Orleans. I just looked his name up. So I can, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. He was also Mississippi Burning. That was another great oh, movie Jesus. he was in. Yeah. I, I've seen that recently. And you can imagine who he played in that movie. He played one of the crazy <laughs> rednecks. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, Identity. I, I, I don't want to tell you anymore. You should really go out and check this movie out. I guarantee you once you watch it, you will not be able to wait to watch it again because – when you watch it again, it is a perfect puzzle piece. This is one of those movies, uh, 
you should watch your phone too. We had uh, put it down like below or something. Or yeah, yeah, move that forward a little bit towards you. We had an issue in a, a few episodes ago where we it wasn't me. Some no, it was you. It was on your mic. No, it wasn't. No, no, I'm, I'm stand by that. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, it it was one of those scripts that, and they say this a lot that you kind of figure your ending out in a mystery movie and then work your way back. Huh. And I think this was the the classic case for that. Like this is what we want to accomplish. It. These are the clues. These are the the cogs that are involved in it. We're gonna work it all out. It when did perfect. the Usual Suspects come out? Ooh, that, another good one. That was definitely the nineties. That, that was, was probably more ninety eight. Like yeah, he thought it was one thing, and yeah, that was a, a, another great thriller mystery. And that's another genre that a lot of these are mystery movies. You know, a lot of them are set up for you to for the audience to figure out what happens when it comes to it. Another perfect example is the next movie, two thousand four. The next year is The Machinist, and this is. Everyone knows this movie for one reason. Basically. And I was going to say, I know this movie for one reason. Yeah, and it's basically be, to be shocked when you pull up the pictures as a Christian Bale. And if you look... If you put them next to those pictures from... You don't um, even have to. People have done it already. If you look the images of Christian Bale, uh, the machinist, you just pull up the images, you scroll down, and they've already done like the cross one between that and Batman, yeah. where, it's, where he's got probably the most bulky. Yeah. Uh, well, not fat, because then you... Gained a lot of weight. The serial American, killer movie, uh, he, American Hustle. The he, serial killer movie. Which one? Um, oh, uh, yeah. He had like the perfect body in yeah. that movie. He was like a, a sculpture <laughs> uh, playing, uh, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Bateman. Yep. What was it? American Psycho. Yeah, that's probably even a better example of, of him in that. And it's, wow. He said he ate a can of tuna a day and he just starved himself. There's photos of him fucking around on the set and, and you, he didn't have to sink in his chest to be scary but there's uh pictures on the internet of him purposely sucking in already being that skinny and it looks like uh the scene from pet cemetery <laughs> with zelda in the bed yeah you're like oh it's scary to watch man and this he did it he art. did it again in the the boxing movie yeah he not lost to, not to that yeah. level but he did in the fighter he, lost he was supposed to be a crackhead not quite but pretty close he's pretty that close. guy man it See, it's not good for your body. People mention De Niro because De Niro did it for Raging Bull, but De Niro did it once. You know, De Niro's yeah. like fuck and, that, and he afterwards. put pounds on. Yeah, that's not hard. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of these actors will do it once, and, and it's taking so that difficult. kind of weight off. I was reading uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it, with uh, the one where he was chasing around in the car. Oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight sure to get in shape for yeah. that movie, and he said it messed with his head. Yeah. Like he had problems. After. Yeah, I think a lot of them did it. Tom Hanks did it for Same. the Castaway. Oh, and, and the guy that uh, Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, now it puts you in a bad space. Even he, he. Well, he, I think he wanted to be in that bad space. Yeah. Well, this movie was dark. I mean, this is a dark kind of dreary movie that has some great character actors, low budget. Jennifer Jason Lee, Michael Ironside. I just watched Michael Ironside in a fantastic '80s movie. I'm not gonna mention the name of it because I'm gonna be talking about it when I do a pod with Eric. Uh, pretty soon, but I don't know why. When we just don't settle the point that Michael Ironside's probably the best character actor that it's ever been. He's been in like 257 movies, and he is so frigging good. When in you need everything. that guy, that's who you call. God, man! And it used to be in the 90s when you saw him, you knew he was gonna be a bad guy. I mean, yeah. like you could not hide Michael yeah, Ironside, yeah. but being a good guy because he'll turn eventually. He just was so good at that, and every director or writer who saw it was like, "We need him for our movie." And so, not until later in his life did he get to play that kind of like grizzly. He, his look kind of he gained a little weight. His look grizzled. So you got to 
do roles like uh, Super Troopers or The Machinist or just so many different roles that he had done since then. Starship Troopers, not Super Troopers. Oh, sorry, Super Troopers. He would have <laughs> had a lot of fun. He would have. He would have had a lot of fun. But yeah, Starship Troopers, he was great. Uh, but in The Machinist, so we're dealing with Christian Bale's character who is an insomniac and he yeah. obviously has an eating disorder. Well, the insomnia can't... is a character in this movie. Yeah. He can't remember. And this is another movie, uh, thing, and we'll do a slight spoiler here, but we're not going to tell what the actual thing is. Hmm. What's going on in this movie is he's blocked out a traumatizing event. I'm not going to tell you what the traumatizing event is, but all, everything that he's going through the movie is a result of that and his uh, decline in his health and his sanity. He's seeing shit. He doesn't know if it's real or if it's not real or if someone's trying to uh, plot against him or not. He's got like the game of hangman on his refrigerator that letters keep filling in and he's not sure. Did I do that? Did I put that letter in? Did someone breaking in doing that stuff? (laughs) Things are disappearing. Really the only contact he's having is at work where he's like a machinist, which does not seem like the place an insomniac (laughs) fucking work. And talk about accidents on the work site. There was a, there's a gruesome one on this and it goes to, I don't like that stuff. It goes to Michael. That's a little too real, man. It's real. That's a little too real. I had a teacher in high school. I don't want to know. He, uh, (laughs) no, he, and I loved him. He was called, his name was Mr. Wendell. And, uh, he taught like, I took him like every year for another course. So we, we knew each other pretty well. And there were times he didn't feel like teaching. He he did enough good jobs that he could take a couple of days off. And he had so many jobs before he was a teacher that he would just entertain us with the jobs he used to do and the accidents and the stuff he'd seen. And one of the jobs he did was as a machinist. And he would tell a story after story of injuries that happened to people and everything. So I was like already freaked out when I see machines, yeah. people working around machines. And <laughs> Michael Ironsy has a tendency to lose an arm in movies. So we knew something yeah. was going to happen. And it's exactly what happened. Michael Ironside like got his hand stuck into one of the machines and they could not turn it off and it just ripped his arm off and he actually it turned out all right for him he got a huge settlement mm-hmm. and everything like that and he wasn't as pissed as he probably should have been I mean you don't want to lose your arm but would you take two million dollars to lose an arm probably if you it wasn't would. if it wasn't painful yes but I wouldn't if it I wasn't painful I couldn't play golf anymore yeah couldn't play guitar anymore if it was my you could type one handed. Yeah, if it was my left hand and you were giving me $2 million and if it wasn't painful, maybe. <laughs> That's a good question, though. That's a good question. It's the pain, I man. give I up fingers. Wanna... I'll figure out how to hold a golf club with seven or six or seven fingers. I do nothing athletic, so it's an easier kind of yeah. life. Of I watch TV. I don't need an arm to do that. We should mention that the guy that's following him around, he, he keeps seeing this guy in a sports car, this big, massive guy, the bald guy. He, he's got one of my favorite uh, lines where he leans into the car, and he's like, uh, looks like there's a storm brewing. Some say it's already here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he gets obsessed with this guy, Christian Bale, and he's following him around, and the guy's disappearing, and people at work don't know who he's talking about. And it all comes together. I mean, he's losing his sanity. He is. So you don't know what's real or what isn't yeah. real or what time frame is happening. And you're kind of frustrated in the, watching the movie because you're frustrated for him. But it all, it, there is a good payoff at the end. There's the payoff good. at the end is very good. And it, it, it all works out. And it's a, once again, I mean, this is a, a perfect mystery movie that's very... It's great because you're seeing one of the best actors of all time just doing indie flicks and i think not enough do that 
like you, you think of the great, great actors and everything, and you wish they had stayed with a lot more indie flicks when they were younger. That's why I love what Nicolas Cage is doing now. Nicolas Cage is like, I can get big roles, but I've decided to just do more roles. How many Tyrannosaurus Rex heads do you have to have in your collection? I mean, did you see he sold one? Is that what? He, he has so much that he keeps he had selling shit. Tyrannosaurus Rex, one of the most complete. Yeah. Head skulls, well, oh, he invested of all his, time. His money, it seems like he did all in investment because he had a, one of the biggest comic book collections you'd ever seen in your life. He just bought a bunch of weird shit. So he, he had it. like an almost pristine copy of Superman or Ooh. Action Comics number one. And Why do you ever sell it? That just goes up. That's like yeah. free money. Yeah, he got out of it though. That's Still, what a lot of them do. Right. You know, like it's, the guy from Metallica, Lars had know, like a, lot a of huge them, well, art collection. That means you needed the money. That doesn't mean well. If you don't some, need the money. That's a great. That's, at some point, I have no problem with you. Like selling 20% and then dumping it in like an IRA or dumping it in the bank or something like that. Just, you know, to have it. Certain things aren't going to lose value. To, 30 to years from now, you, you probably have a bunch of stuff that's worth. Uh, for sure. From what I've seen just collecting probably off the comics, last 10 but... years. No, see, that's the, that's the thing. Over the last 10 years, what I've noticed more than anything is that the prices on toys does fluctuate. The prices on comics only goes up well, with the with the, with the classics with yeah. with like Marvel bronze or DC, and Marvel, DC, silver and bronze. Not like comics. Not like Walking Dead. Everybody's no, no, gonna no. forget about Walking Dead. No, I mean it's still the first one had a limited series, a limited yeah. run, so that'll be worth money. But until nobody gives, but a I'm shit telling about you about these first appearances of stuff. Like when I hear and I I did pick some up like three years ago, and I won't sell them now. I've made that decision. Like I have the first appearance of Red Sonia. I have the first. Uh, the first appearance of uh, Billy Ray. You sell the toys when they're when you tell they're fatted out, though. Like, well, sometimes. Or I realized that they... Because Star Wars figures are not going to go down. Uh, no, well, I have... What I do with Star Wars is I have my complete collection with weapons and everything, and I just collect other ones, and then I'll sell those. I won't sell my personal collection, but I will... Every once in a while, do you find one that's in better shape than yours? Yeah. Like, I'm and, oh, it's that beautiful. I do that all the time. <laughs> I'll, I'll hand two to my girl, and I'll be like, tell me which one's the better, and she, She's like, she's the best person or yeah. the worst person for that, depending on what you're looking for. Because she'll look at it, she's like, well, there's a paint fleck on the back of his head, and this one's arm is a slight like, bit loose. All right. It's like, all right. I asked you too many questions. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, The Machinist, man. It's so awesome. All right, this next movie I don't think Dave has seen, so I'm just going to uh, enlighten him about it. I feel it. like I have. Yeah, we, we have talked about, about it several times, but it. It, it's certainly fitting for this ca- uh, category, and it's super good, man. And this is 2005's Hard Candy. Probably more so than most movies on here. A lot of people probably haven't seen a Hard Candy. And with the first like minute of synopsis that I give, it's going to turn a lot of people off. I was just going to say, if you were reading the logline for yeah. this movie, it was oh, yeah, like, yeah. nah, I don't Or need the this. trailer. Yeah. When you see you're the like, trailer, yeah, you're, you're like, like, ooh, I'm creeped out by this. But I'm telling you. You're like, I don't need to see and this. this. Is, and this is one that I will give a little bit of the twist away. I'm not going to give the ending away on any of these movies, but this one I will give a little of the twist, and I'll let you know when I get there. Well, if you don't, it's a terrible movie about... Yeah, I mean, shit. well, without me, yeah, that's true. So, great acting in it. It's basically just at this point it was Elliot uh, or was uh, Ellen Page, and now she's transitioned to Elliot Page. We haven't. I don't think she's come out. Uh, he hasn't come out with a movie yet. So I'm very interested in seeing his acting now that he's uh, transitioned. I mean, he's he's, he's going to be good. He's great actor, and uh, I don't think changing when, when he was makes you any different. Uh, when he was acting. Ellen back there, it was. This was like the first thing she had done, and people had not seen her in anything. And I think she was probably eighteen or twenty, but she looked really young. What else did she do? Juno was the big okay, one. Okay, Juno she was, was the big one. She was for. pregnant yeah. in that one. Uh, yeah, she got okay. Michael Sarah was uh, gotcha. The, well, she was good. A couple in that. Of people in it that were really good. J.K. Simmons was great in it. 
but this movie was uh, her and Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson has become famous since then. He was famous back then probably for The Watcher. But he's in the, all the Conjuring movies. He was one of the ones that him and Vera play the uh, the kind of mediums that from? come in. Because I know him. Uh, Patrick Wilson. He was the one in uh, Bone Tomahawk that broke his leg. That was going gotcha. along for the ride mm-hmm. with to get his wife. He's in a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was pretty young in this movie. Two thousand five for sure. It was one of his first films. So at the very beginning of the movie, the credits roll, we see a communication through the computer of two people uh, contacting each other. And then right when you're when you're reading it, you're like, ah, oh, this feels a little shady. And it's basically an <laughs> older dude who's probably in his late 20s who's messaging a girl that's about 15, maybe 14, maybe. And it's creepy. You're like, oh, God, this is a pedophile like that's going to uh, pedophile situation that's going to happen. And they end up meeting at a coffee shop. And at the coffee shop, she looks really young. He's they're, they're kind of flirting with each other. Does he come out and say, ask it, or she come out and say? No, they they they're just alluding to this like game back and forth to each other. And hey, do you want to come back to my house? I I you my can dungeon. see some. Oh, of my, I'm in my house. I'm a photographer. You yeah. can see oh. some of my uh, photos and everything. And you're like you're tense through this whole thing because you're scared for her. Yeah, you're scared for her, and you're watching this movie, and you think that it is. She's gonna get the upper hand on him once once he makes a move on her, and you're you're worried for her safety, and you're <laughs> also worried for her because they're drinking stuff, and we're like predisposed that someone's yeah. gonna be uh, kind of passing out here. You're waiting for her to pass out, and then right around the point where you're waiting for her to get drowsy and pass out from uh, the drink being drugged. He starts getting drowsy and passes out, and you realize, holy shit, she's the predator, and she's hunting him. And you're like, holy crap, this has become a totally different movie. And the movie where I was like, at the beginning of the movie, you're like, I'm not sure how much of this I can watch, yeah. you know, because you're... you're <laughs> Get my copy of Happiness. Let's yeah, put yeah, that yeah, in yeah, yeah. Happiness seemed like it was a, a gift, because at least Happiness had some comedy yeah. in it. Uh, and this was straight up uncomfortable. But then once he passes out, and he wakes up, and he's tied up, you're like, oh, this is great. This girl is like hunting predators predators on the internet and it's exactly what it is too and it, it goes down to this crazy ending and i won't uh, expose the ending and everything but it's so much fun to watch and she is like peeling another layer off the onion with him and at one point she's Literally. like uh, yeah and at one <laughs> point she's like i'm gonna have to teach you a lesson you know and she's she's got him strapped down she's like uh i want you to admit to what you've done and you and I'm going to kind of expose you and I'm going to call your girlfriend or your fiance. It was like this crazy thing. And uh, he refuses. I don't know what you're talking about. And he'd be like, we have missing girls around here. We knew you were, uh, you had something to do with that and this and that. And she's like, well, I'm going to castrate you. And I watched it on YouTube. So I'm pretty sure I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) And she's got a video camera up and she's got a screen where he can watch it being done. And he's, he's, freaking out and he numbs he, she numbs him with ice and then leaves the room and comes back it's a very misery type situation here and it's very tense when you're watching it and you just it, it's it's squirmy and it's so rewarding <laughs> when you watch it it's uh, there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie that you don't ex- uh, expect to kind of unfold and it was brilliant it was a brilliant little thriller that basically starred two people there was a neighbor at some point played by uh what's the name of the uh, Sandra O oh was the neighbor and came over and uh oh i uh, at some point she goes up on the roof of the house 
and she sees her. She's working our garden next door, and she comes over and knocks on the door, and she's like, hey, I, is, is Mark okay or everything? I saw you on the roof. Is everything all right? And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's okay and this and that, and then shuns her away and everything, and you're like, ah, this is the one thing that's kind of complicating this whole thing is Sandra O came out. But I really think those are the only three actors in the whole movie. And man, when this, you know when a script's tight when you can do that. Like Moon, you know, you throw one actor yeah. in there, and then another actor comes in and does vo- a little bit of voiceover. But that's basically it. You know, if you have a tight script, you can do that type of shit. But I mean, it's a hell of a lot different than like Identity, where you have so many famous actors. You would think the their budget probably just went to half of that money. Uh, so yeah, Hard Candy, check it out. Well, this next movie you definitely saw, and we're talking about some great scripts. This is definitely on there. This could be and this, this layer is more great, of a horror. This could be a great script. Pod. Yeah, yeah, it could be a great script. Pod. A lot <laughs> regardless of regardless of thriller, well, thrillers and mysteries and scripts. I mean, they're all just really kind of go in there. And two thousand one's frailty is what we're talking about. Another movie we won't reveal the ending, but this is another movie that I I beg you, I beg everyone oh, to watch Jesus. this. Go if, watch it if you're a horror fan because it definitely leans more to the horror thriller than a drama thriller. There's some horrific scenes it, in the movie, almost even supernatural. There's some supernatural stuff at some point. So we're the great Bill Paxton who directed the movie too, and this is one of the my favorite things Bill Paxton has done. He, he this was should have been one of his opuses, and it, it quite possibly was. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Powers Booth, and two really talented uh, kid actors. Oh, really talented. Jesus, well, yeah. The blonde-haired kid went on to play Peter Pan. Yeah, Bill Paxton. You said Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton directed it and starred in it, the main star in it. One of his last movies? No. no Nightcrawler, I think, was one of his last okay, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was right before he died. And that still he died shocks young. me. Uh, it was a surgery complication. You know, that once surgery complications, it's the worst. I was just watching... Yeah, it's like, I'll see you in a few minutes, and then that's Yeah, it. I was just watching a movie where this uh, beautiful actress, I'm looking her up, a horror movie, and she died when she was like 55, and I was like, damn, man, 55, and I, I do that every once in a while, I'll go to IMDb, and then I'll, I'll scroll down, and I, I have to know, I gotta know how this uh, person died so young, and she had like a blood disorder, which is one of those situations where I'm like, I'm like, she she lived for so long not realizing she even had that. You know, her expiration date was already written and she had no clue. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's sad. On a, on a side note, if Apocalypse comes down, mm-hmm. we got to... We gotta make sure we get Maria to come with us because she's O positive. She's a universal donor. So is uh, Christina. Okay, so we gotta keep them yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> Christ- no I offense have, if you're listening to this. I have podcast. no idea what I am, and that's I fucking have, I, shameful. I, I need to I find out. I'm, I think I'm A B something, but I'm gonna go get. Uh, blood didn't they? Work done. Didn't they give you that when you were when you got your twenty three and Me uh, stuff? You would think that would be on there, but it, they didn't take blood. It was spit. It was. I know, but can they, they can, tell that? From can that? they do that from your DNA? I don't know. I don't know. I did do That's my forty-five. I did my forty-five-year-old in uh, colon screen, nice. and I came back completely fine. Which means chances are the possibility is you're fine too, because it's genetically kind of set up there. Anyways, from colon, <laughs> colon. cancer to uh, frailty. So it, it's actually a pretty simple uh, kind of concept in it, but there's. There's two things going on. There's Matthew McConaughey as an adult, as an adult well, and then there's Matthew McConaughey as a kid. That's almost a spoiler right there. Yeah, you're... well, he's 
he's Matthew McConaughey comes into Powers Booth's office, who is a yeah. police officer, and says, "Hey, I know who the God something killer is. God send the God something. I can't remember it. God send or God. No, it's close to that, but it's God something killer. And anyways, and to in order to tell Powers Booth the story, he's got to tell it back from the start. Yeah. So he he tells him the story from his kids were like one of them was probably thirteen and the other maybe ten. And they're growing up in rural Texas, and, in, and they have just they're raised by their dad yeah, in Powers and Booth. Perfect kind of like life. Seemed like a pretty cool little life. The father older brother took care of the little brother, and the father was a mechanic, and yep. he had a shop behind the house. They had they, like a perfect little life. And yeah. then one night, when the kids are sleeping, the lights come on, and Bill Paxton comes in, and he says, "Wake up, kids! I got something to tell you." And he tells them that in he just saw a vision. Angel came. An to angel him. came to see him, and in the middle of the night and told him that there are demons living among us and that they have been anointed as demon killers and the angel will let them know the names of the demons and they're going to be in charge of rounding them up. I don't think at that point he no. mentioned that they're going to I don't even think he knew. He just started getting these implements. No, he, he, like, he would get another vision, another vision, and he would fill his yeah. kids in. His kids at first were like, one of them was young enough that like, Maybe this is yeah, real, yeah. and the other one from the get go is like, he's, he's, well, he's telling his little brother, "This isn't real. This Something's isn't real. This dad. is all in Dad's head." Yeah. And so the next day, he he comes up and he's like, "The angel just gave me the first list of names of the demons," and they're like looking in the phone book and everything, and the kid, the the older kids, like, "These are people's names." He's like, "These are just regular people in the phone book." He's like, "No, they're demons, and they've done some horrible shit." So. They start going to like, and it's creepy that they, they get go the old to guy like, first or the woman. No, I think they get the old guy first, and they go to the, like a grocery the store parking dude. lot. Yeah, they go to a grocery yeah. store parking. Well, they lot. have they some problems there. initially. Yeah, this they, they weren't really pains. good at it. There's some yeah. growing pains of how to do it with chloroform and knocking these people up because he wants to bring them back to the house. Was this the movie where they were? What what movie was it when the guy chloroformed himself and? And timed it. Oh, that was the vanish. To see how it the vanish okay, with okay. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Okay, okay. great one. I mean, man, that's how the movie started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With him hitting the timer and then chloroforming himself, or yeah. hitting it right before he passed out. Yeah. Great movie, based on a Swedish movie, which was also great. Uh, same director too. Weird enough. Weird. Uh, completely different endings though. Like completely different endings. Hey, pay me crazy. what you want. I'll make your ending whenever you want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they kidnap this guy. They bring him back to the house and. Uh, he says, he says, God says, or the angel says, if I lay my hand on him, I'll see his crimes, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna have to kill him. And Bill Paxton's got an axe. I mean, he's gonna bury an axe in this guy's. Oh head. yeah, and so this puts, is a this is a grandpa grandpa esque yeah, yeah. with a little like a sweater like yeah, Mr. Rogers. Rogers he's sweater. wearing a cardigan, yeah. and, he, and he's like he's an old dude. Yeah, it's crazy. But they were like, Bill Paxton put his hand on him, and he actually had a physical reaction. Oh, like he like, like jolted back. But looking at him, like I can't. How could you have done all yeah. these things? And then he was like, "Oh my God, I just saw what you did, and this and that." But and they he, didn't. They showed us later on, right? What he saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't see yeah, it yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. Th at this point, we're still as disbelieving as the older son. Yeah. Through the whole movie, we're not realizing, is this real? Is it not real? Is the dad crazy? Is the dad not crazy? Is there more going on? And there's a lot going on. Uh, and it all comes together at the end. Also, unbelievably rewarding ending for this fucking movie. That This and Identity have two of the best like horror thrillers. Well, I don't know if it's a opinion. spoiler alert, but the, when he made him start digging in the backyard. No, oh, that was a great because movie. Because well, he, remember, he came to him and he said, the angel gave me another name. Yeah. And it's you. 
Yeah. He's, he says, the, but you can but fix you, yourself. You yeah. can change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking to his son. Yeah. And he's like, uh, so I want like you to, son. I want you to dig a hole this big. It's huge. And we're not realizing what he's uh, digging at yeah. first, but he's, because before I think he was bringing him into the shed. He was bringing the victims into the yeah. shed and he was killing him. So what he wanted to do now, he dug a huge hole in the ground and then he, he pulled the shed over it, so he's building kind of a trap door, and he's going underneath. Mm-hmm. And very elaborate, very nice. These guys from Texas know how to build that Damn type man. of shed. <laughs> so he basically builds a dungeon, and this is where he's bringing the, the, root the people to into the root cellar, basically. And he's doing the killing, and he's he's burying them all in the backyard, and he's doing God's will. God, he's happy as hell. And one kid's all about all for it. He's well, like, he we're said, not killing people, the, we're killing demons. He saw the images. Well, that that's kind of what's revealed later on. And we also don't know, they're not pretty explicit of which kid Matthew McConaughey is when he's telling the stories. Yeah. You know, he, he may be one of the kids he's talking about. It may be the other kids. And it, I'm telling you, you that, won't, won't know until the very end. You know, not until the very end will you know, and you'll know who the final, like, uh, the God's hand killer. That's what it was. Powers Booth is in this? Uh, Powers Booth is he's in the this. Cop. He's the cop. Uh, the God's Hand Killer is what they uh, called him. Yeah, uh, man, it's a, a very elaborate movie. But if you're w- looking for a good Halloween movie, this will fit Mom would perfectly. Like this movie, I she loved it. Yeah, she, I played it for her. She's seen it twice, and I bought it for her. Yeah, yeah. This is a. Her I, there was like there's a couple any of these like mystery movies that have like that shocking ending that's got Mom written all over it. And I'm with her on that. I I love a good shock ending when it's when it's not stupid. Because we've all seen those movies, and we're like, "What?" <laughs> or they they should have just gone with, or you were hoping for the shock ending, and they yeah. just went with the obvious. Yeah. You're like, "Eh, okay, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next movie, also all these movies except for maybe the next one, and no, there's a couple of movies on here that didn't have a shock ending, but these first five for sure had had them. So the next one is also 2005, same year as Hard Candy, is uh, the Skeleton Key. This might be one of those movies where I saw it before you did and told you. You about think it. you saw it? Before I did. Me? Did you? Because I remember okay. getting it at here again. All right. And I loved it. Yeah, I I loved it I too. I thought it was great. It was it was one of my favorite indie. It was an indie movie. Pretty it was somewhat indie, but it was also passed off as just like another thriller that came yeah. out because it went to the theater for yeah. sure, and uh, had big actors in it. You had Kate Hudson, Peter Skarsgård, who may not have been huge. At he that wasn't point. big yet. He he never really got big, to, in my opinion. He's in a lot of shit, and we all know who he is. But he never went like he wasn't selling. He wasn't pushing tickets. <laughs> like, oh, this is a new Peter Skarsgård. No, but he was like. <laughs> but he's um, awesome in everything. What war movie was he in? I loved him in so many movies. We could pull. I loved him in Boys Don't Cry. He was the uh, first was thing so I saw good. him was Center of the World. You saw Boys Don't Cry before that. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. He, he was definitely in Boys Don't Cry. He first. played an evil motherfucker in oh, that movie. It, he was likable for the first half of the movie. That was like what's, mm. what was, was fucked up that's about how they that bring movie. you in. The, uh, he was so likable until he did that scene, and then you were like, I hate this motherfucker now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they he, he was also be. great in Shattered Glass, man. Oh yeah. Well, him and uh, Hayden Christensen, who just got hired again to play uh, Vader. In one he? of the new series. There's a new series coming out, uh, and they brought him back as Vader. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I always thought he got the shaft. Because, he kind of got uh, the shaft. Well, the scripts were... It wasn't him that was bad. It was the scripts no. were bad. I we was all like, know hey, what the problem was. Like, we hey, all know what the problem was. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever hear Pat Oswald? If he was a time machine, he was going to go back and beat Lucas to death with a shovel? Because <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, 
Lucas, George Lucas had come up to you and was like, hey, man, I just want to tell you how big of a fan I am. And he's like, oh, great. You like the movies? He's like, yeah, I love the movies. Oh, well, I'm doing the prequels. He's like, <laughs> he's like we're going to have Darth Vader. Yeah, but he's going to be a little kid and he's going to be really sad. And he's like, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, dude. Yeah. Don't do it. I already liked the third one. The third yeah. one where Hayden Christensen actually lost, like was on Mount. Fell in, was he the one he, he fell, fell in the, in the lava, lava? And he lost his arm and his yeah. leg and he became, it was evil, man. It was, and you got to see the emperor become the emperor, which yep. was always amazing. So I actually had no problem with the third one. This is the first and the second one. And, and to be argued, I've the really second had, one isn't... The second one I really had a problem with because that's just seeing computer generated Yoda fighting all over the place. And you're like, eh, I don't know. It's not mine. He ruined it. He made a lot of money. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, Good too. But let's go back to uh, Peter Skarsgård, though. So Skeleton Key is... Uh, John Hurt also is great. And the the uh, the older female was amazing in this. And I and she was uh, in the latter half of her life. I'm not quite sure what she was famous for, but she had done already like 100 movies and was famous. So this was also in Louisiana, in like the bayou, in the, swamp. in the swamps, in like those great mansions, you know, that they have down plantation there. Plantation houses. Great plantation houses. And I don't think you can call them. Show, that's probably true. <laughs> but uh, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. So Kate Hudson was, she was a college student that was in like home hospice type care was yeah. kind of her thing. So she came. I think she really needed a job. Really needed a job. And she came to the house and the, the wife was ornery and John Hurt was almost, he was an invalid. He couldn't talk. He was in bed. Basically it was like, you, you're feeding them, you're washing yeah. them, you're moving Making them. Making sure you, they you, stay till they meet the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't like, he wasn't quite at hospice care yet, but you, you realized he wasn't doing well. And the wife was very ornery. And wasn't there a scene before all this, though, where there, there was another one of, like, isn't there a you reason? You didn't see it. Oh, you, you didn't, you didn't see, see it. it. Okay. You, you heard about you heard other about people. It. Well, because Because she was so ornery. Yeah. Peter Skarsgård is the lawyer that's sort of trying to, like, a great line, broker. Uh, there's a great line where she, show, he, she he periodically shows up mm-hmm. because he's a lawyer for the family and everything, and he's the one who gets her to come to do the thing. Also, a big shock at the end of this movie. Yes. Uh, we, we, we won't reveal that. You can't either. reveal it. Huh? You can't give that one away. No, that's a, it's so good, too. And I just rewatched it. And it is really amazing. But it's I, one I of my favorite Peter's, subjects too that I can't talk about. Yeah, it's uh, Peter uh, Skarsgård comes in, and uh, after she's been there for like a day, and she's like, "I gotta talk to you." And she's, he's like, "Please don't tell me you're quitting." I said, I, "I've been through this so many times with other people. We can't have you go through this another time with somebody else." And uh, weird stuff starts happening, and you start thinking. Is this woman doing something to John Hurt? Because John Hurt is actively yeah. looking at her like he desperately wants to tell her. Has a secret that he wants to tell her. It's like a dog staring at uh-huh. you in front of you. Like, what? what is it, boy? What is it, boy? Yeah. And it's constantly like that. Like, And the, the wife's always around, so they she waits till he's around. Yep. And is there something you need to tell me? Is there something going on? And at one point, he like crawls out of his bed and crawls out onto the roof. Mm-hmm. And you're like not even sure how the fuck he could do it. Yeah. And she's got to go out, and it's raining out and pouring out. And he's looking back at her like he is escaping from something that he is so scared of. Mm-hmm. And she she drags him back inside, and they dry him off, and they just chalk it up as like some out of control kind of uh, patient that was out of his mind. And she's slowly revealing that she's figuring stuff out. She's she's realizing there's a certain level. It's not voodoo, but it's hoodoo. 
which yep. is a big thing down in mm -hmm. uh, Louisiana. And her friend actually informs us. She goes back and she that, that's a big thing in thriller movies, you know. I was where, I where was the, the heroine goes back to like her yeah. dorm room to talk to the yeah. one person mm -hmm. she talks to. And she didn't uh, literally give her that great advice. All, all those they had that character was in all those early nineties. I told you my hoodoo ones. temple story. No, I don't think so. Remember, I used to take the Dutch people on like little mini yeah. vacations. Oh, I think I did hear that. But tell us, and we went perfect. to New Orleans, and they were like, they're very touristy. Yeah, you know, they were like, oh well, we got to go here, and we got to go here, and we got to go here, and like we got to go to the Hoodoo Museum, like. And you go in there, and you can buy all different types of yeah. stuff. But they have an altar you can put an offering on and say a blessing. And, yeah. and if you believe in that, shit, it'll come true. The touch people were stealing dollar bills off, oh, of, them, off of the no. off of the hoodoo. No, I was like, I don't believe in that shit, but they do. Oh, dude, I was like, if a, like, safe, I am not even gonna if walk a piano next falls on both of us, I'm gonna be pissed at you. That's horrible. We were at the uh, glacier, and at one point, that there was huge icicles all over the place and everything, and not huge, huge. I've seen them bigger, but. The uh, the guide's like, hey, you can break off a couple of these like ice popsicles if you want and everything. And there's one guy over there, and these were uh, all like uh, tourists. Yeah, uh, he's like shaking a 500-pound one. No, no, he's just like knocking them all one, two, oh. three over and everything. And she's like, hey, there's other groups coming. He says, that, just because I said you could take one off doesn't mean you could just fuck them up. <laughs> yeah. And she had to call them out and everything. He's oh, sorry. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Some people just come over here and they're not respectful. And, and I know people are concerned with Americans go over and doing it, but it does happen the reverse. I would way be too. concerned if Americans were coming to yours. Oh yeah, they, we are terrible yeah. people. I've seen people. We're get, terrible, terrible. We were in Iceland and we saw another person, like a park ranger, just belittle somebody. You know, you see the signs that say "Don't enter there," and then you entered there. He says, "You realize why we have those signs there?" And you just belittle them for like ten minutes and like, "All right, we got to walk away." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, <laughs> skeleton key. So she goes back and she talks to her friend about uh, hoodoo, and so it's all in the forefront of the the viewer's mind. And we're we we know the old woman's up to something. We just don't know what she's doing. Yeah. She's <clears throat> she's doesn't look like she's got her husband. You won't guess it. And you won't <laughs> guess it. And uh, yeah, you probably won't guess it. Probably won't. But there's history behind the house that they reveal, and it all comes to this tense kind of ending. You know where she's like running through the house and she's she's got this protective powder that she's running <laughs> around and putting on doorways so people can't enter and everything. And Kate Hudson's like lost her mind. Yeah. I'm amazed every time I watch a, uh, Kate Hudson in a movie because at some point all you hear is Goldie Hawn yeah, and you're yeah. like, you close your eyes and you're like, it's so weird how much she sounds like her. She sounds just like young Goldie Hawn and they, I know there are people like that, but she's probably the most prominent that I can think of that sounds exactly like their parents. You know, it's very strange. Uh, so great horror movie, great shocking ending. Definitely check it out. All right, this next movie, we can, we can be a little spoiler on this one and it's all right. And I love this movie and I love introducing this movie to people because it's, it, the subject matter is dark, but it also see, it's kind of a fun movie, you know, in a I weird, know. weird way. And this is 2007's Vacancy. So this, this is, is one when the couple breaks down on the road. Yep. Which I have uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale in... and Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Luke Wilson. Mm -hmm. They break down. They're a couple that are having like they're they're married, but they're having troubles. Like you could tell they're almost ready for this divorce. is their let's this salvage is their, their trip this was like salvage our marriage trip. they're gonna salvage your marriage but even at some point it got like kind of snippy on the ride and they were like they break down on the side of the road and they were like well i guess we're walking we saw a motel back there and they end up going back to the motel 
And Frank Wally, I love Frank Wally, oh, man. Yeah. He, he's so great. If you watched him back in the day on like Career Opportunities or Check the Doors. Check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> yeah, Pulp Fiction. I, I love that Quentin could have put anyone in there. And to be able to put Frank Wally in there is so great. Because he is definitely remembered Swimming with role. sharks. Swimming with Sharks, The Freshman. I mean, so many good movies with Frank Wally in it. The Doors, he played Robbie oh, Krieger. Great. So great. He's Robbie great in everything he He's does. really, really good. And I love him older, too. Like, in this role, he had, like, thick, thick glasses on. And he uh, he played the motel clerk and everything. And you could tell that he was a little shady. And uh, Luke Wilson tried to be sarcastic to him several times. And uh, he just wasn't getting the sarcasm. And it uh, just kind of fell bad. And he was like, well, I can put you in a room. He says, it'll, it, you know, it, it'll get you through the night. And then uh, there's a mechanic, but he's gone home for the night. So maybe he can check on your car in the morning. So Made it gives, sound like there was a lot of options to yeah, stay there. And then... They, they just had this big fight, and they were like, all right, we're going to go to this room. And they go in the uh, room, and she's like, I think I'm going to sleep in my shoes. And he's like, I think I'm going to sleep in my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or, or I think I'm going to sleep in the car. I can't not remember what he was saying. But the, the room's nasty and everything, and they they suddenly they sit down on the bed, and they're just all grossed out. And then Luke Wilson goes over to the TV, and he's like, well, at least we got some old VHS entertainment here. And he puts it in. He's, he's like, oh, what is this nasty shit? And he puts it on. And he was like, well, at least maybe they'll have some good porn for us. And they put it on. It is porn. And it's a snuff film, though. And they were like, oh, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is oh, kind of a didn't dark it, snuff didn't film. The, in the film, didn't it match the hotel Well, room? that was it. They, he, he, <laughs> he looks at the film. He cocks his head. He looks around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, I think this is this room. And they were like, holy shit, this is this room. And is this real? And and the people on the film are starting to get killed. Mm-hmm. Some There's like a, a, a room invasion where two guys masked come in with knives and just slit their throats and like violently murder these people. And then they realize, holy shit, this is their room. And then all of a sudden the TV goes off and everything. And you're like, oh, it's on, man. They realize, yeah. oh, we are fucked. Anytime there's a secret passage behind your room, oh man, <laughs> leading to all the other rooms, it gets, it keeps getting. There's so many layers to this movie yeah, too, yeah. and it keeps getting better. Then the other actor in the movie who I thought was amazing in it is Ethan Embry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Embry, uh, I loved him way back in the day when he was in Dutch. He didn't even go by Ethan Embry. He went by something else, Embry. I think he changed his name. He, I think he went by his original name and then eventually changed it to Ethan. And then he he somewhat got famous for Vegas Vacation. He he became one of the Rusty, one of the Griswolds, and then went on to do that show Brotherhood, which I just introduced mm-hmm. Mom to. It's like the Sopranos yeah, yeah. in uh, the Irish, Irish Sopranos, Sopranos in Providence, which was really good. He was awesome in it as the cop, the backslidden cop that got addicted to drugs. He could but, just said cop. <laughs> I loved him in uh, Empire uh, Records. He was oh, so yeah, funny yeah. in Empire Records. Was he stoned out the whole He was the stone. Oh. Remember, he, t- yeah. he ate the pop brownie, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And he, was... he pictured he was like on the guar yeah, stage, yeah. and he was just funny and everything. So he played, he's also in this. And you soon realize, and I'm going to spoil a little bit here, because most of the movie, it, it comes out pretty quick. Most of the movie, you realize that Ethan Embry and Frank Wally are the two people at the hotel that are hunting them. And uh, you don't realize how they're doing it, and. You, they're one step ahead of each other, and they've tapped the phone lines. They got everything recorded. If you, they go behind the uh, uh, the motel's desk at some point. He's got like a 
whole setup there like he's a security guard working at Disney World watching all these cameras for every room and everything and then Luke Wilson at one point he he goes into the attic and he's trying to figure out what's going on in the attic and then he goes into the bathroom and he notices that there's a trap door underneath the bath mat and then he's like there's a fucking tunnel system under the entire uh <clears throat> kind of motel and then it gets really good. You know, they end up calling a cop. The cop shows up uh, and they're screaming at the window of one of the cops. And the cop starts walking to him and the cop gets killed. And you're like, oh, well, they're going to send more cops probably. And it becomes these, it's like two against two. You know, Kate Beckinsale and Luke Wilson are just straight up going against Frank Wally and Ethan Embry through like the last 45 minutes of the movie. So the mo- majority of it is them hunting each other. And at one point, yeah, the hunted becomes the hunter, you know, and it, it's really great. It's a very adrenaline-filled kind of thrill ride. Like I said, it's not much of a spoiler because at the very get-go, once you realize that they were snuff films being filmed there, you, your mind yeah. immediately went to the hotel guys and everything. So that wasn't really the big thing. The big thing was how are these two going to get out of this situation? They're in the middle of nowhere. Their car is already broken down. They have There's a couple cars out in the uh, kind of parking lot, but they don't know if they work. They go out to the uh, the phone booth, and at one point he's like, "You gotta help us! They're 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 keeping us at the hotel." And then you uh, you, you hear it. Frank Wally's yeah. voice say, "Hey, you're never gonna survive the night if you don't keep calm." And then he's like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" And he just t- clicks off the he, phone. So there's like he no was pulling help. for him. <laughs> oh God, it was fun. You you could tell that they were just like they did this all the time to like stray kind of travelers, which is scary. It has that whole hills have eyes element. I mean, if they were going to eat him, I guess. <laughs> hills have eyes also had the cannibalism, which I was talking to somebody the other day. Maybe it was mom when she was up here, and uh, we were watching, uh, damn, what was it? Quiet Place. We were watching Quiet Place Part 2, and I was like, I was like, zombies, monsters, that doesn't scare me at all. You could have left all that shit out of there. All you would have had to tell me is it was the apocalypse and people were cannibalizing people. That's scary enough. That was what the road was. You know, the road with Viggo Mortensen. That was the scary thing. Cannibalism doesn't bother me as long as they don't do it while I'm still alive. Well, in the road they did, and they kept people down in the basement, and they would yeah. cut an arm off, and they would just eat the arm, and they would now come that, up. I mean, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And, yeah, and just them keeping them down there, like, malnourished, and everyone was, like, white and couldn't wait to get out when the doors opened. And it was, That was a creepy movie, man. I think The Road was more of a scary horror movie for me than, like, any zombie movie mm-hmm. because it's so realistic, like, that could happen. Unless... The- when it got good was like 28 days later came out and now the zombies ran. Yeah, yeah. Well, even in uh, Walking Dead, people were upset when the zombies weren't part of the show, but that was kind of always going to be the escalation yeah. of the show mm-hmm. that the people were more scary than I the mean, zombies. who are you afraid of? Yeah. P- things that can th- that are evil that can think or that, things yeah, that yeah. are evil that can't think. Yeah, you can avoid one. Yeah. The, the other one you can't. The other one's not thinking, so. Anyways, Vacancy. No zombies, but check it out anyways. Could be zombies. <laughs> 2007. <clears throat> All right, the next one, one of my top, on my top 100 movies, one of our favorite, me and Dave's both favorite directors, David Fincher, is 2002's Panic Room. Can't have a best of two, the early 2000s It's such a good movie it. that I like it, despite oh. Jodie Foster being in it. Yeah, you're not a big Jodie Foster fan. Not a big fan. Jodie Foster And I have... No reason. For no it. reason. She's a brilliant actress. I I would argue it, but there's actors and actors like I just that, that irk me. Look at her, and it's just like, yeah. ah, I wish somebody some else would be doing this. Ir- yeah, some actors you just irked by. Yeah, she just I, irks I'm me. I'm that way. 
But I feel that way with in big actors. Sometimes I always feel that way with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay. He just he brings that yeah, I'm better so, than most people kind of flow to the yeah. movies with him, mm-hmm. and you could tell it's not it always it's not the always the character. Like I understand that he's cast that way a lot of times, which I guess is smart. Tony Stark is a little snarky. The guy from Zodiac's a little snarky, but it's only. So I many think the best thing he it. ever did was the fugitive. Was it the fugitive? Oh, U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals. Yeah. yeah, that's the best thing. That's why I liked he was where really I liked good. him to be. Right. There. Yeah, that was right when he did his change. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of like uh, people forget, uh, and were very forgiving with his his like rambunctious lifestyle as younger. Some he people can crazy... skirt it, and some people can't. And he got right out of it, and people don't even mention it anymore. It's like Drew Barrymore. When's the last time people mentioned Drew Barrymore having a like tough, adoles- tough adolescence? Yeah, I mean, but she did her and fucking uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <clears throat> but be- beautifully cast, uh, I think. Jodie Foster was amazing in it. That Very young singer. Kristen Stewart, who is like taking off now, big time. I is think she, Kristen Stewart she did probably the she's doing it now. She's playing Princess Di. Is it a TV show or a movie? Uh, I think it's a movie. I think it comes out in November, and mm-hmm. she looks identical to her. I love her. I think she's one of the best female actresses, which I, I think is funny because Twilight came out and everyone laughed at it, and we've got probably two of the best actors came out of that, which is Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. You still need to watch Good Time. I let Mom watch it. Uh, good Time, not Good JJ's? Times. No, no. There's a difference. <laughs> Dynamite. Good Time was the movie that the guys who did... Um, the two brothers who did Uncut Gems did before it mm-hmm. with Robert Pattinson. I've talked about it on one of the pods. It's available on Netflix. If anyone's out there, watch Good Time. If you're uh, Justin, you're hearing me right now, check out Good Time on Netflix. You'll be thanking me later for it. It's, it's not as like like bombastically stressful as uh, Uncut Gems. This is a lot more action kind of stuff and just holy shit moments in it. I loved it. Uh but also early in his career, uh, Jared Leto, uh, or Leto. Is it Leto or Leto? I think it's Leto, Leto, I think. Is it Leto? Okay, we'll call him Leto. So Jared Leto in this movie was amazing. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, who I love in everything. He elevates everything he's in. And then I don't know what made him think to put Dwight Yoakam in the movie, but he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he was great. I mean, we had already seen him really good in Sling Blade. He, he was yeah. awesome in Sling Blade. So it wasn't like we didn't know him... I think at this point we most people. I mean, he's got a voice that if you're going to show people with masks, yeah, it's a like they're in masks for the face. (laughs) You mean or voice? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) He had them both. Well, he he had had both, but he face and look. So, but they were in masks for the first what? He was forty minutes of the movie, right? I don't think I don't think Jared or Forrest ever had their mask on. I think it was on their top of their head. Forrest wore it as a hat. I think he could probably Hmm. pulled it down. And I don't think Jared ever wore one. It was always. what was his name in the movie? It was like Fredo. Raul. Yeah. <laughs> Raul. <laughs> Raul's cool. And Forrest Whitaker didn't know anything about Raul. So basically what's going on in Panic Room, if you haven't seen it before, definitely go see it. It's one of Fincher's earlier, and Fincher will, he's already go, will go down as one of the best directors ever. And if you like his dark kind of, this is he was still doing his dark, dark movies at this time. He had done Seven and uh, Alien 3, The Game, and mm-hmm. then I think Panic Room had come up right after that. He's a good old-fashioned break-in. Yeah. I mean, well, she, at the beginning, she just ends up buying a beautiful brownstone that yeah. just happens to have a... Uh, it had an eccentric owner that made a Panic Room. Yeah. Which, if you a don't very know what Panic, panic room, room is, it's... Basically, executives have it. They probably, if you were living in like Colombia or something, you'd have a panic room. Basically, Sandra somewhere Bullock you can it. retreat that someone can't get you out yeah. easily. Sandra Bullock had one and it saved her damn life. Really? She in real one. life? Yeah, someone broke in and, and she, she got in her panic, in panic room. room. Yep. 
I'd have Probably. that. She I'd had have, a stalker. You know what? I would have stalker. that on my brochure of that company that yeah. made it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saved. Yeah, we, we saved. saved uh, we life. saved Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock's life. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sandra Bullock. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot. It's that stalker thing, and that's what happened to her. It, he, it was a bad one, like David uh, Letterman's stalker. Oh yeah, yeah David yeah, Letterman's yeah. stalker was like fucking ten. George years. Harrison too. He had a had yeah. One. He had a bad one. He got stabbed by one of them. Yeah. It wasn't what killed him, though, was it? No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. They broke in and stabbed him. Mm-hmm. How bad of a security guy are you? Ooh, you let someone you stab one of the Beatles. Jesus. Can you imagine? Damn, that's, that's a, the best Beatle, that's a, too. Yeah, Come on, man. That guy. That's, a, that's a check against your record. <laughs> I think you have to find a new line of work. I think that. that's one I don't of think the that, most think that doesn't follow you. unknown thing in the world is, is Harrison was the most talented person in that band. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people know that. I think a lot of people think John Lennon or well, Paul he, McCartney. It depends I mean, what you think of... Depends what you like the Beatles for. If you like the Beatles for the lyrics, yeah. they all sort of contributed. If you like the Beatles for the music, oh man, then Harrison's it's, it's your Harrison, dude. man. It's all Harrison. So it all depends. Like yeah. if you're into it for the poetry, you probably like John Lennon more. Yeah, yeah it's true. All right, back to Panic Room. You should know you should thank for the Beatles drugs. <laughs> drugs. Lots of drugs yeah. gave me the Beatles. I was like, Beatles did drugs. Beatles uh, did a ton of drugs. Hallucinogens. Oh yeah. There was there They were was, talking about um, They had to be like on their back with the with the microphones dangled over their head at well, some point. They, McCartney, McCartney recently just told the story about that's what's great about someone get, who, getting old. He just who gave him pot for shit. the first time. Um, I want to say Bob Marley. Like it was someone you were like, of course. Yeah, Hendrix maybe. It was some, someone. Like and they that. were hanging out with him, and then he's like, we, he's like, Ringo came running back. He's like, you got to try this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo went full force. Ringo was in. <laughs> uh, so can. yeah, in Panic Room, it, and it was what's unfortunate is she just moved in. They haven't even so she unpacked, had no idea. They haven't even unpacked their shit. But that's the reason they broke in because it was supposed to be that period of time be- between one owner leaving and yeah. one owner mm-hmm. bringing in. And Forrest Whitaker worked for the security company, and he knew there was something in the house that he had to. They were breaking into the house, and shortly onto it, you realized that. It was something that was in the panic room that they're breaking in the house to get. And it was, was it always ever there. What's that? Was it even there? Did they even mention that it was there? Yeah. Yeah, they mentioned it was there. And they opened the thing. Remember that? It was there. It was like the bonds okay. that were in there. Because yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. Forrest got them. And at the yeah, end, yeah. they started flowing out yeah, all over yeah, the place. Yeah. But that wasn't kind of really where the, the whole thing went. So those two are sleeping. Jodie Foster's asleep. Kristen Stewart's asleep. Kristen Stewart also is diabetic, yep. and which comes into the effect mm-hmm. big time in the movie. And Forrest Whitaker didn't even know Dwight Yoakam was going to be a part of this. He thought it was just him and Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto got him into there. Uh, Dwight Yoakam's a little off. Yeah. And so don't worry, Raul's cool. He's, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's Raul's not. not. He's not cool, cool at all. <laughs> yeah, he, he was cool for a, for a good chunk of the Until movie. Until he decided he, he not to He seemed like cool. he was almost like a voice of reason along yeah. with Forrest Whitaker because Jared Leto played probably the last the, time he ever played this character. Which was that like outrageous kind of uh, uh, loose cannon type yeah. character that's just he shouldn't even be on this job. No, this, he was too high strung. Yeah, very high strung for it. And so they wake up, they shock the hell out of Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster grabs Kristen Stewart and they race into the panic room and they shut it and then boom. And keep insulin in your panic. I, room, I love. <laughs> I love Forrest Whitaker coming up and saying, "Tell me they didn't go in there." <laughs> and it says they're not coming out. We can't get them out unless they come out. That's the whole idea with the panic. He room. helped. We, build he helped it. build it. He yeah. knew the specs. He knew yeah. everything. He says you're not getting in there. He <laughs> says there might be things we do, can do, and that's why they were pumping yeah. gas in there to make them come out. But if they don't want to open that door, that door ain't gonna come open. It's a lot easier to find a loved one and start cutting shit up. Yeah. Them. The good. The, <laughs> and they added so many 
elements that just made it a perfect kind of situation. Like, if in not realizing that she didn't was Raul gonna... not know how much money there was in there? Like they were just paying him as like a hired hand. Yeah, well, and he finds out at one time. Jared Leto was like the grandchild of the former owner. That's how he knew about it. Remember, and he was lying on how much he was in there and how much shares they were getting, and he, he revealed it because he was a dumbass at some point. Like, yeah. but uh, the element of Kristen Stewart having. Uh, being diabetic was major because they went in there without the shot. Yeah, and I was like, that was just great. It was brilliant, really, when you think about it from a script thing. She has to open the door at some point, mm-hmm. or the daughter will die. Yeah. So she's, but she's got cameras on there, so she can kind of tell where they are at what point. And I love the point where uh, at the beginning they're talking to him. Get the fuck out of my house. Get out of here. We're calling the cops. This and that. And then they went uh, to the whiteboard. That was they went cool. to the whiteboard, and he's holding up. Uh, what's Forrest Whitaker's writing stuff mm-hmm. on it. And he's like, what we need is in that room. <laughs> and they were like, Oh fuck. Well, we can't let him in. He says, D-. and then they just kind of are trying to figure out what to do. And the, the whole gas situation I love where the, uh, I love where Jared Leto puts his head up against the side of the wall. And then the fireball oh, yeah. hits and it's whole is arm is on fire up. and he's got his a face is all, fucked oh, up. his face is all fucked up and it, it just gets brutal at the end. The, uh, the ex-husband shows up at some point mm-hmm. and now they've got him outside so they can beat the hell out of him to try to get them to open the door. It's just tense, man. It's so super, super tense, but also very rewarding. Violent as hell, man. It, it, you didn't think it was going to be. Yeah. But it got really bloody and violent mm-hmm. towards the end of it. I loved it. One of my, definitely one of my uh, my top Fincher movies. All right. Next one. 2005. Man, 2005 was a pretty good year for some uh, for some thriller movies. We have Hard Candy, The Skeleton Key, and now we've got Red Eye, which was a complete unexpected treat from Wes Craven. You know, you, yeah. you never thought Wes Craven was going to do this level of or thriller. Wasn't you know? he done... Didn't you think he was done? No, I think we always thought he was going to do stuff, but we he was still flirting a lot with the horror. And, Did and you see that Freddy Krueger's house is on the, the, oh, one yeah, from the, the first Nightmare on Elm Street? Street's on, yeah. up for sale? That's awesome, man. Yeah, someone will buy the hell out of that. Hell yeah, do tours. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah, That'd be the tours. best haunted house of the, every season. Yeah, I think people are annoyed by that shit. I just read a whole bunch of... I'm going to talk... Airbnb uh, it. We're going to talk Amityville horror on our... Uh, or actually, probably, if we release the Halloween one first, which I think we are, we probably already talked about it. So I may have already mentioned this. But the people that own the Amityville house mm-hmm. were so pissed off that they started changing the exterior because... Just tourists on tourists like every day, just people piling in there. And they just couldn't stand it. Make it a, a museum while. after a while. That's what you'd have to do. You have Make to it monetize Airbnb. it. If you monetize yeah. the hell out of that, Go like in. Lizzie Borden's house. Lizzie oh, Borden's yeah. house is an Airbnb yeah. now up there in fucking, uh, what is it? Fall New River. Or Fall River, yeah. And so you could go up there and you could stay there. I know, remember at one point it was a haunted house. You could I've, go been up there and, to, I've been to it before. Yeah. Did you go there when it was a haunted no, house? No, I just went I remember to when they made it in a haunted house. That was a big kind of folklore thing around up there. Oh yeah. When we were up Teenage when we were living up in murders or parents. Yeah, when we were living up north and he every Halloween and every uh kind of fall, there wasn't a kid who did not mention either the Legend of Sleepy Hollow or the Lizzie Borden story. Or were, uh, the Salem Witch was right Salem around Witches were, were big right there, there too. too. Yeah. Never been to Salem. I've never been. You've probably been through it a bunch of times. I, I may have driven through it, but never stopped and enjoyed some used, of the stuff. I know me and Steve big, would go play golf. They do a big Halloween Sa- thing. Salem Country here. Club. That's where um, our prop designer. Yeah, Rob. Rob is from there. Yeah. yeah. 
He was the only person I ever knew from there. But all right, so Red Eye, Red Eye, great set. If you ever watched the documentary on this, it's really good. So it all takes place. Just a fuselage. For right? the most part, it all takes place. I'd say eighty-five percent takes place on the airplane. And so, obviously, you can't film on a regular airplane. They built, like, the biggest airplane. Mm -hmm. Like, these guys are in luxury. And I have flown on some really luxury-type airplanes, but this one obviously had to be built for them to do this. And they had a great camera dolly that was attached to the ceiling, Mm -hmm. which went around, and it filmed everybody. And it was still the idea of of flights getting hijacked or stuff like that. Yeah, and it wasn't... It was still sort of... uh, and it wasn't really a hijacking uh, per se. It was. It's very interesting. So you have what's the name of the girl from uh, from Mean Girls in the Notebook? She's the main star of the movie, and I can't remember her name. Blake something. Uh no, that's uh, you're thinking of Ryan Reynolds' wife, Blake Lively. Mm. This was uh, damn it, I can't think of her name. But she's the star of the movie. Maybe I should. Look, <laughs> maybe I should. Look her up. Maybe I should. She's crying in a little pillow let's, right now. Let's talk about uh, Killian Murphy. Yep. And this is the, one of the first things you've seen him since 28 Days Later, yep, right? Yep. That was the. Uh, it was definitely the uh, early, early, and he might have done Sunshine by this point, but I'm not sure. That was a Danny Boy. Rachel McAdams. Sorry. Yeah, the main uh, Mean Girl from Mean Girls. Oh, she's done I think tons she, of stuff. I think of her from Spotlight. No, really. I, I think of her from that, but I also I think more of her from that. What was that McConaughey series that changed actors after the first series? Oh, True Detective? True Detective. Yeah, she was in that. Was she, she in was the in second the f- season? She was in one of them, and she was yeah. great. Yeah, she was in the second season, I think. Yeah, she's an awesome actress, and she was great in this. So she's the head of a like fancy-ass motel in Miami, and she's leaving to do some sort of thing and she ends up bumping into Killian Murphy in mm-hmm. the line and they both kind of have a couple words and then they she shows up at the bar and she's sitting with them and she, uh, they have a drink together and everything and they just chit chat and everything and uh, they were like oh we're on the same flight and everything and she's like well enjoy your flight and everything and they go on and she gets on the airplane and boom who's she sitting next to is Killian Murphy she's like no this is you, you following me or something she's like this is so weird that we're sitting next to each other doesn't go far there they lift off and everything and they're they're into the flight for probably about 10 minutes where killian murphy kind of reveals his hand and says uh says i i know you work at the uh at the hotel and everything i think he does he leads up to it a little bit but at one point he he puts her dad's wallet on the tray (laughs) it's a very distinct wallet Mm -hmm. and he's like that's your dad's wallet she's like that's my dad's wallet. Where'd you get that? And he says, oh, I got it from his house and everything. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? And she's like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to call the hotel and you're going to move the people that are in the penthouse to another room. And then, uh, and I'll let you know who to, uh, you're going to move. I think the, it was the vice president was going to be in the, uh, uh, on, in one room and he needed him to be moved into the other room. So that's all she had to do is make a phone call. And she's like, and if you make that phone call and you do that and you just forget about this whole situation, your dad doesn't die. But if he does, I make a phone call and your dad's dead. And she's like grappling with this whole thing. And she's obviously upset. And then the stewardess comes over and she's already crying. And she's like, what's wrong? Oh, can you just get her another drink? She's not having a good time and everything. And there's a lot going on on the airplane Mm -hmm. between the two. And she's like, I can't do that. And he says, no, you are going to do it. This is what's going to happen. And eventually she does it. She she has to move uh, move the person to the room. But then they land, and there's a good like 20 minutes at the ending, you know, where they're like hustling. And then at 
because at some point she's got a she does not quite know what's going to happen and it's pretty elaborate what's going to happen it's like in uh like bond uh, it's like oh it almost is it's kind of like a bond-esque kind of uh takedown mm-hmm. where someone with a like heat-seeking missile on the river outside on like well, I don't know what the river there is down there in or, what or city? Miami it's probably it's the causeway, causeway. Right? The so cause, just, just the causeway. causeway. Yeah. So they had some guy in like an inflatable raft out there or a high speed boat of some kind, and he's got like this crazy RPG that he's gonna fire into the penthouse and destroy whoever's in, in the uh, occupying and everything. So at some point, she has to just get to the hotel. Well, first save her father's life, who's brilliantly played by Brian Cox. We he has the entire role he probably did in the weekend he just came in there and a lot of it was on the phone with that's her that's what he likes and everything yeah he just came in well he's killing it now with that succession show on hbo which i i've only seen the first episode it seems interesting i'm so out of the loop with tv with tv i'm not as much because i i just rather watch movies and uh i i lose it on a lot of tv unless my wife wants to watch it and then we'll watch movies or, or watch certain shows and everything. But even those shows, she's she's not into a lot of the police dramas and everything like that. So, yeah. What's up? Oh, it's down. I get you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, with Panic Room. Panic Room. Not Panic Room. Red Eye. We're on Red Eye. Sorry about that. Throwing curveballs at him right here. Well, the brilliant thing really about Red Eye uh, to me is Killian Murphy. He has like the uncanny ability to play really nice and then creepy as hell. I mean, he has a very unique look to him, like disaffected almost. Yeah, like I mean, he's got those was crazy like, eyes. And, yeah, in this movie, he definitely had that. But then I had just watched him in A Quiet Place too, and he is awesome in it. And he is like one of the I heroes. Never saw either of those. Uh, oh, they're both good. They're both really good. Krasinski was in the first one, and then uh, he was in some of the uh, the second one. And then uh, Killian Murphy came in, and Killian Murphy was—he just killed it, man. I love everything he's in, and he was the first person they just announced Fincher's new movie. Uh, no, Christopher Nolan's new movie, and he was the first person they cast was Killian Murphy. He's been on board with him for a while yeah. though, because he was in uh, what's what's the one with Sunshine, the, no. the Dream. Uh, oh, within a dream, within a dream. Yeah, the dream within a dream. Within, within a, a dream. dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in that. I can't remember. They had to go into Leonardo his house to find Yeah, Leo. Uh, it's not Insidious, but <laughs> and in something. Inception. Inception. There you go. I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it was there in the old noggin someplace. So yeah, Red Eye though it was fantastic. I mean, you, I, you've got one of the best directors for this type of thing. He can do thrillers. He can do horror. So. He had it, man. This was one that I think everyone didn't see coming because they were putting out a lot of those old school horror directors were putting movies out that were sometimes forgettable. Uh, like the the next movie we're going to talk about is another uh, director that we had never thought was going to go back to even that genre at all. So, well, that, I'll leave a red eye at that. It's such okay. a fantastic movie. Let's go into uh, the next one. And the director I was talking about was um, William Freakin in 2006, Bug. Now, Bug's a type of movie that I cannot recommend to everybody. Yep. You just can't do it, you know. And I'm on the fence of lending it to mom. Sometimes I, I feel like it. Sometimes yeah. I don't. She watched. Uh, she she said, you know, I don't think I've ever seen the first Texas Chainsaw Mask or or any of the Texas Chainsaw Mask. She said, I've seen all the clips and stuff. So I lent it to her. She couldn't do it. She she made it to like 40 minutes. She's like, this and there is... wasn't even that much blood in yeah, that movie. Yeah, but she's like, this is too real, man. And it's, I was like, <laughs> and I turned to Christina. I said, that just speaks for how good 
some indie that was an indie movie done by friends that's scaring the shit out of people like 40 years later yeah. I said it's really effective and it also shows how much there is no blood in it she, but she was like she was hanging that guy on a hook I was like yeah, yeah. it's fucked up I said you think it. it was fucked up then wait it, it, if you had held on to wait until the fucking dinner table scene I said that's disturbing as shit oh, yeah. to me that's more disturbing yeah, that's than the hook thing he's hitting him with the, get, trying to get the grandfather oh, God, with they're hammer. all laughing and they're all oh, oh man. man they're having a great time <laughs> Yeah. That's why I was kind of glad they did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 as a comedy because you, you kind of need it. That was a straight up comedy. If people like put that if you worked at a video store and you put Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in a comedy, I would understand it. Yeah. You know, because it was really tongue in cheek and very funny. It's so much so that the the cover for it was The Breakfast Club. Do you remember that? They yep. recreated The Breakfast yeah. Club cover. What was the crazy one that used to that was really the the Santa Claus ones? Oh, Krampus? No. Oh. Old school. Oh, oh Silent Night, Deadly Silent Night. Night Deadly There's a Night. lot of them. There's like yeah. five or six of them. Those, the those only good co- one was the first one. Artwork used to creep me the, oh, yeah, the yeah. hell out. Well, it was the campaign. Remember that? Yeah. That they came out and it was like banned in five countries. Yeah. And we knew it was NC-17. It was There was a folklore behind it that we were like, we have oh, yeah. to see this movie, yeah, hell man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was kind of silly when you saw no, it. No, when you mm-hmm. saw it, it was like, eh, okay. I like it. I mean, I own it, but... Uh, may watch it at Halloween this year. But Bug, Bugs and movie, and what really made this movie, uh, and it's it's all one guy, man. It's all Michael Shannon. And a, what a lot of people don't realize about this movie, it was an off-Broadway play, and Michael Shannon had did it for like a year and a half, and then they cast him in the movie right <laughs> Can after. Can you imagine not get cast? I, it, <laughs> there was no reason not to cast him. And so he, when he did this movie, I mean, what a great thing for Ashley Judd to come into, because this guy has played this role I like when she every plays night. trashy like that. Oh, too, yeah, she's so good at that. I, I don't know what that says about her, but she's so good She's at from that. Kentucky. Yeah, she's from Kentucky. And she's she, seen trashy. And she can like <laughs> ramp it up. You know, like I had a crush on her for a while. She was kind of the it girl for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. She do the double one jeopardy. With, she was good. The in. one with Morgan Freeman. Kiss the girls. Kiss the girls. She was great. And kiss the girls. But she was like a big college football fan. And she'd go to. Oh yeah, yeah. Kentucky the, games. Yeah, and the Wildcats. Yeah, and she was like, wow, this girl's pretty. She cool. hurt herself like a year ago. Do you I remember? know. Did you oh see yeah, the they video carried her, her out of the She was arm. crying like someone had cut her leg off. Yeah. And it, what was it like? A it was like a. Was it a flesh eating thing something. that happened on her leg or something and like that? Something they were thinking that she might was going to lose her leg. Yeah, it was at one bad. Point. And if you watch this video, I, I would have been screaming. Yeah. Just, please stop recording. Yeah, because, I don't watch videos like that. Yeah, no. There's a uh, there's a video. Apparently, everyone. I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts, and there's a video they always talk about where Tom Segura uh, broke his his yeah, arm and his leg. Either. And I've heard it. I've heard it like four or five times. Yeah. And I don't need to see it. And even I don't need do, to hear it. I. I listened to Dr. Drew watching it, and Dr. Drew was like, holy shit. He's like, he's like, I've seen a lot. He's like, that's one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's it's pretty bad. All right, going back to Bug. Now, like I said, it's not for everybody, this movie. This is a fucked up psychological horror movie, and it's really dark, and there's not a whole lot of answers for what's going on. It's almost like you're seeing two people who are in... She is depressed as hell, Ashley Judd, mm-hmm. and Michael Shannon has all sorts of mental issues, mm-hmm. and Ashley Judd is friends with that one girl who works at the bar and basically connects the two and says, hey, what, he's he's a cool guy, he comes out here and drinks, she's the bartender, she says, let's go back to this like hotel. They're all, they're staying like they're week like to living, week. Yeah, they're like living, yeah. It's like one of those week to week rentals they're, at a shady ass, crappy motels. And it's all shitty inside. <laughs> and Identity. 
uh, vacancy and bug all deal with crappy, shady kind of strip mall type yeah. uh, esque hotels. And so they go back there and they drink at the house. Do and he, drugs. Uh, they do drugs and everything. And then the, the girl has to leave. The blonde girl who's mm-hmm. her friend has to leave. And Ashley uh, Judd's like, you're just going to leave me with this guy? And she's like, well, you don't have to. And he's, he's like, I, I understand if you're uncomfortable, I'll leave and everything. He's just, and she's like, no, no, you can hang and everything. And so they end up getting this bond together and they realize they're both pretty fucked up. And when two fucked up people come together, he realized... We realized soon it's never into good. it that two fucked up people come. Together. Yeah, we soon realized that Michael Shannon, who if you don't know Michael Shannon, shame on you. Uh, he is amazing, and Mom's realizing it for the first time because she watched Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if I told she you. Ever she ever see the Iceman? Because I think she yeah, she that. loved it. She loved yeah. it. So she knows who who Michael Shannon is now, but she knows him from uh, Boardwalk for sure. And yeah. when she finished Boardwalk, she went back and started watching Watch it again. It again. Same day, I think the really? final episode was nice. off. She started again. Uh, Wish I had that kind of time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So Michael Shannon's going through a full-blown psychosis in this movie. And he thinks there's bugs on his skin. And he's looking at her. And he's saying, do you see that? He's just like, I know about these bugs. He's like an aphid and everything. And it's it, they get on your skin and they eat under there. And then he's got her completely convinced, even though no one can see anything. And there's a couple other actors like Harry Connick Jr. plays. He's the boyfriend. He's the, the ex- ex-boyfriend he of was, Ashley Judd. He, he was really uh, good. He was super good in that role. He's good in almost everything. People don't realize he can act as well as he can. But he played kind of shitty in this. Yeah, he played kind of shitty. He, he could have been an abusive boyfriend. You didn't get you got the that real. Idea, you got the dude. idea that he probably was. But then the other blonde girl came back, and they were full-blown losing it because of the bugs. Mm -hmm. And she's like, there are no bugs on you. There's no bugs anywhere here. This is all in your head. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) To the point where the room's covered in tinfoil. Yeah, it gets really bad at some point. Well, Michael Shannon believes there's one in his tooth. And he goes into the bathroom, grabs a pair of pliers, and rips in the most violent possible way. Rips his tooth out and then puts it under a microscope and then starts freaking out and she sees it. And the problem is is she is so receptive to and and brainwashed by him. There's a word for it. It's like not groupthink, but shared mentality, shared psychosis. Shared psychosis sounds like it's probably the right thing for it. Like he's so convincing and she's so on the edge of not knowing what reality is yeah. and what isn't. That she completely she dives into it. I mean, you get that sense off like Stockholm Syndrome sometimes. Yeah, that, I was going to mention Stockholm Syndrome. It's like that too. And so they are both in it and they're like, they're like Dave said, they're tinfoil in the whole room. They've got <laughs> bug traps hanging down. There's somebody who came comes into the room, and Michael Shannon thinks he's like the enemy now and has to kill him, and it gets crazy at the end. It just gets wild at the end, to the point where it ends, and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? You, you, you like what you watched, but you're not sure what you just watched, mm-hmm. and I, I think it could be quite disturbing to some people. I enjoyed it. I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, William Freakin's back, man. I mean, this is what William Freakin does. The guy who brought us The Exorcist and shit. And uh, I don't know what he's doing now. I wish he does some more stuff, man, because he was very versatile even back in the day. He didn't start with horror. I mean, French Connection was his, like, big movie back in the day and then went from that to The Exorcist. And I think he dabbled a little bit here and there into the horror elements, but nothing really major. I mean, there was other stuff that he did living... Was Michael? Was it him that did Live and Die in L.A.? Michael Mann. Are you sure? Yeah. Because that's what I always think. I okay. always think Maybe it's not. Michael Mann. Yeah. I, it's one of the. But who uses Tangerine Dream? It's the same guy that uses. I know Tangerine it's Dream. so weird. That, but there is a movie like okay. that where one of those. Maybe two, this is it. it. Might not be. Let me no, look. Uh, I, listen, I live and. 
I think your intuition comes trumps my intuition. It is freaking. But when you watch it, it's a very Michael Mann film. Like it's unbelievably how how is this not a Michael Mann <laughs> they film drank, when you watch it? They went it? out to drink it together. It's like, like this is what you gotta do. It's like <laughs> that situation. Did he produce it? Because I know whenever Spielberg does a movie, like uh Poltergeist <laughs> felt Spielberg, it didn't feel like uh Toby Hooper. And the same Toby with, Hooper said do I can I point the camera over yeah. here, boss? Yeah, I, I feel that is the same way with Gremlins with Joe Dante. Yeah, there's some Joe Dante elements in it, but there's way more Spielberg yeah. elements oh, in yeah. it. The Goonies. I don't. Goonies I feel the same a feeling. Way. You give him the shot he wants. Yep. You don't. You can do your shot. Yeah. But he has his shot, and you better. The only way you get your shot in there is if you make it better than the one he envisioned. Yeah. I felt that with the Goonies too. Yeah, with Richard doesn't feel like a Richard Donner film, but no. it certainly feels like a Spielberg. Movie. Hey, Donner's name's on it. Hey, whatever. So. So see Bug if you dare. It's a, it's it's a I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But don't be emailing me if you have nightmares or, or it disturbed you a little too much because it's weird. It's not one of those straight up horror movies, but mm-hmm. it has those disturbing mm-hmm. elements that could fuck with you. Got to, especially if you know people with mental illness or if you've been around it because or if you have it, I, you feel really bad for the Ashley Judd character because she really needed something and she and this was she, the wrong and she thing came she across needed. the one guy that she couldn't be come across. Any yeah. other guy that Any she had met guy. at that yeah. bar would have been had a good night, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's it but nope sorry so it pays to, but in michael shannon's defense it pays to do that character for one and a half years i mean he probably did it seven times a week for a year and a half and then went straight on to the movie he's like oh i could do this shit oh yeah yeah he was crazy uh so it's probably not much improvising on his part that he hadn't already done already all right last movie and i just watched this the other day because i hadn't seen it in a while and i really enjoy it. it's one of my last uh movies that joel uh schumacher did that i really like and i love joel schumacher i loved Falling Downs in my top 25 movies of all time. Uh, Lost Boys is probably in my top 100. And uh, this is 2002's Phone Booth. Yep. Super short. I totally forget how short. It's like 65 minutes, maybe. It was perfect length. No, not 65. 75. I think it was like 75 minutes. Super, super short. And That's what, hour 15? Uh, yeah. Yeah, hour and 15. Super short, man. That's about literally the shortest movie you can have, the yeah. a feature film. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it was perfect. It was a perfect length for this type of movie. And we have uh, Colin Farrell, super young. Have you seen the images of him in Batman as the uh, penguin? Uh-uh. No. It's like a different person. Really? Like he he's playing like a 300-pound guy with all this makeup on. You would never in a million years know it was Colin Farrell. And I am super excited for it. Really, really. I'll show you a picture of him after we're done. And uh, he was super young in this. Also another great Forrest Whitaker uh, pitcher, uh, Katie Holmes, uh, the girl from Pitch Black, Rada Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the best actors in the whole movie is Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland yeah. plays the voice Didn't, um... of the guy on the telephone. Isn't there a rapper? The one that said, you maybe hurt my dick hand. That was no, Ma- no, no, no. Macy Gray? No, it does seem like her, though. Wasn't I've Macy seen Gray? this girl. No, that this is the girl from uh, Hustle and Flow. She's really good at okay. it. But she was, you done hurt, made me hurt my dick hand. That's one of my favorite lines. It's one of my favorite lines. So basically. Oh, and the bar- bouncer. Who was that big Italian guy, too? He was, that came in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing them bitch at me. You're going to get out of it. I didn't recognize him either. He was just a big dude. Uh, so what happens is the first two minutes of the movie you just get to introduce to who Colin Farrell is yeah. well the, the one thing that cinched it for you is when he took his wedding ring off mm-hmm. and put it in his pants pocket if you want to show the to guys make a phone a com- call the guy's a complete asshole oh yeah 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 watch him take his wedding yeah. ring off yeah I mean I, I don't wear mine but I don't I'd take, take it off either I take my wedding ring off to make meatballs and that's it yeah <laughs> that's it I put mine on to make meatballs that's weird <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the only time I put it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> meatloaf, yeah. Oh, meatloaf or meatballs. It's the only thing I ever take it off for. Or sometimes when I'm delivering papers and it's super cold out, it's like it feels like it's going to slip gonna off slide my finger. Yeah. So sometimes if it gets that bad, I'll have to slip it out and put it in my wallet. Uh, actually, that was the whole reason why I, I took it off because yeah. it uh, I had lost all that weight through keto and yeah. and I was a big dude when I had a size, so it, yeah. it still falls off. Yeah, you got a piece of tape or whatever those. They have those rubber things you can put on yeah. it. You know? uh, so in the first couple of minutes, you realize, oh, he's just like a shady agent who's just... Uh, Finding out dirt on one person and then calling TMZ mm. and selling it to them, and then uh, he had like an asshole, like not asshole. He was the asshole. But he, he was had, the like, asshole. He had a guy with him, like an intern. Yeah, who hadn't been an asshole yet, but you could tell that he, he was he, on his way. He was on his way to to be the next stew because that was his yeah. name in this movie. And he's like, "You stick with me. I'll get you everything you need, and get you get yourself a new suit, and uh, we'll start early tomorrow and everything." And then he just goes into a phone booth. And to call his mistress, uh, his mistress. But like Dave said, that's when he takes off his ring. And if you're taking off your ring just to make the phone call, you got some real Catholic guilt yeah, yeah, <laughs> going on there. Ooh, I'm so glad sure. I'm not Catholic. No, I'm glad no. we didn't grow up Catholic. No, I'm glad that that's it's, no offense to Catholics out there. No, they're dealing with their own problems. They know about yeah. it. <laughs> that uh, guilt you feel right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Growing up Christian wasn't that much better, but it, it was, that it was better. slightly better. But you can forget about it later on in life. Yeah. You can be like, oh, that was complete bullshit. Yeah, but I don't right, think you can do that with Catholicism. Catholicism, you could also, know. You could also green... ask for give forgiveness and do whatever the that's fuck true. you wanted to. So that's what I try to explain. <laughs> and you can drink. That's true. <laughs> so he gets on the phone, and uh, so he makes the call to his mistress, and then he hangs up, and the phone rings again, thinking it's her. He picks it back up. And then it's uh, it's Kiefer Sutherland, mm-hmm. who is basically like, Stu, don't answer the phone. I know you've just called your mistress. And he's, he's saying some stuff that kind of keeps him on the phone. Yeah. And then <clears throat> he tells him, he says, if you leave the phone booth, I'm going to kill you. And to, to show him he's serious, he, he shoots like a little toy outside mm-hmm. on the ground and it blows up. And he was like, holy shit, there might be something to this. But then threatens to call his wife. So that, that more than the, the idea yeah, that he's going to yeah, get yeah. shot kind of kept him in the phone booth. And then he's talking to his uh, this guy, and he's like, "Please don't tell my, tell uh, call her." And he's he actually gets her on the phone, and then keeps Stu can't hear him. He has him on three way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiefer's talking to her yeah. on the phone, which is kind of creepy. And then during this whole time, you've got that that prostitute outside the phone booth who wants to make a phone call. Yeah, and she's like beating on the phone booth, saying, "Guy, get out of there! Get the hell out of there! I got phone calls. I got business to do, and everything." And that's where he he opens the door and slams it shut, and almost sticks her hand in there. And that's where she's like, "Oh, you done make me hurt my dick." Hands, mm-hmm. you're in trouble now so she goes across the street to get her pimp and then at this point he's still trying to talk to Kiefer and Kiefer's and it like, was tense though like, it was he's tense yelling he's like, at him and he's yelling back and these people are outside the thing yep. they're yelling at like the the Italian guy's yelling at him and then the the black girls are yelling at the Italian guy yep. so there's all this like chaos headed and in. then all of a sudden uh he he's like I can I can step in and help you Stu you want me to step in and help you and the the guy breaks the window and starts mm-hmm. pulling Stu through the window and everything and then uh Colin Farrell screams yes and then when he screams yes Kiefer who's you don't realize he's a sniper and he's like in the area yeah. mm-hmm. shoots this guy and you, and he don't even know at first what happened like yeah. he didn't he just grab his throat he grabbed his and throat. And then they're like, hey, what's wrong, baby? What's, what's wrong, wrong, baby? What's wrong, mm. baby? And then they were like, he shot him. And then he's like, yeah. they're immediately screaming at Colin Farrell. And yeah. Colin Farrell's like, I don't have a gun. I didn't gun shoot him. Here? You see any gun? I, did, I didn't do this. And then all of a sudden, they're like, cops are showing up. And that's mm-hmm. where uh, uh, 
what's his name, Forrest Whitaker and the guy oh, yeah. from uh, Event Horizon, the black yep. guy from mm-hmm. Horizon show up. And they were like, they got the whole area and they were like, what's going on? What's going on? He won't leave the, uh, I, I would think today that they would have just fucking shot him and, dra- oh, uh, easily shot him and dragged him out of there yeah. or just like, uh, plowed in at some point. Mm-hmm. But they gave him a little levity and because they were like, they thought he still had a gun and he could shoot anybody at any and point then, or I, harm himself. And I, and I like the review where, uh, he was trying to talk reason to, uh, Kiefer, he's like, they're gonna come here. They're gonna find that I don't have a gun, yeah. and the whole thing's gonna be over. And then Kiefer starts laughing. He's like, "Reach up, yeah, yeah, reach up he into the it, ceiling. Look, look up above you. See above that plastic, and he sees the outline of a gun. And he's like, oh, 'I'm fucked.' <laughs> he's like, 'I'm completely fucked.' Well, no, no residue. And he's he's alluding to the fact that he's done this before. He says, like, you've lasted longer than other people. He says, did you hear about that guy last week that that guy was a, uh, a shady something and mm-hmm. he did this, but, and Stu's like, holy shit, I, re- I remember this guy. There was these, like, weird shootings mm-hmm. last week. And so you you realize that it, there's, like, a saw thing going on, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, yeah. like... He, When's the pizza guy come in? That was mix? the beginning, very beginning. At the very beginning, uh, before he even got on the phone with Kiefer, a pizza guy shows up. He says, "Hey, I got a pizza for you." It says to deliver it to some guy in the phone booth. He says, he "I didn't order any fucking pizza, man. Get the fuck out of here!" And so he gets out of there. And Kiefer's like, "Hey, you're gonna be in that thing for a while. Should get eating the pizza I sent you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you realize he was behind this, but you he also realize play a little at the end. So that. he finds these people. I think Tobin Bell and Saw did a little bit more research because he found some really shitty ass people mm. that he was fucking with. I mean. Stu didn't even sleep with Katie Holmes. He Uh-oh. was just thinking about it. Yeah. He brought her to a hotel and was uh, talking her up and, uh, hey, I can make you a star and everything like that type of thing. So he ultimately probably would have, but he, he didn't. But Kiefer didn't care. He realized he was a bad person that uh, ruined people's careers and just lied to people. And he basically wanted him to break down, break down and just confess all yeah. his sins and say how horrible he is. And everything, but Forrest is pretty smart. You know, Forrest is trying to figure out. And at some point, when his uh, the mistress comes down to the site, because mm-hmm. at some point it's a big thing. Yeah. The whole streets are blocked off, and uh, it was sort of like cheering, him, cheering him on. Really, I mean, New Yorkers are but he keeps, messed up in the head. Keeper keeps threatening uh, Rodham Mitchell and says, "I'm going to shoot her in the head." And then at one point. Uh, Forrest Whitaker turns his head and sees the red sniper dot on her head Mm -hmm. and then realizes, oh, shit, something's going on. And earlier he had said, uh, Stu said to call his lawyer, and his wife says, we don't have a lawyer. I don't know who the hell he's talking about. And so he's like, things don't add up here. And Mm -hmm. he he eventually tells the guy from Event Horizon, go and check all the buildings around here for whoever. He says, I I think we have a sniper situation going on here. And so in order to communicate with Stu... He had to start talking in some kind of code. He had to start in the code, yeah. He was like, Stu, we... your wife told us about your lawyer. We're trying to get him on. Uh, we're trying to get a hold of him right now. We're trying to locate him. <laughs> kind of alluding to the fact that, hey, we I know. know you don't have a lawyer. I know there's something going yeah. on, and we're trying we to search for that guy. So to keep it together and everything. And uh, it, it's it's tense, but it's only tense, like I said, 75 minutes. Perfect kind uh, of My length. favorite part of the whole movie is when uh, Kiefer starts breaking down. And it's like fake crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because he he's thinks so good in this He's man. like... You think you got him? Yeah. Oh, they're coming to the room. They're coming to get you. They're going to be there in any second. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, not that. No, no. And then and he, he starts, starts laughing. laughing. It's oh. like, oh. <laughs> I love when he laughs with uh, 
with Colin's like, he, he keeps telling him, you can't tell him what's going on. He says, I will shoot you or I'll shoot your wife. It was great when his wife came there because at some point Stu probably didn't yeah. even care about his own uh, mm-hmm. life. But once Kiefer had his wife or his mistress there to like uh, threaten yeah, to kill. Like, Who should I shoot? Should yeah, I shoot yeah, this should one? I, yeah. Should I shoot this and one? And it goes back and forth. <laughs> but there's, there's great improvisation that Stu has like where um, Forrest Weir is like, who are you talking on the phone? He's like, I'm talking to my psychiatrist and you just hear Kiefer laugh. He says, good for you, Stu. <laughs> and he's just like applauding <laughs> yeah, the yeah. stuff that he's yeah, he's saying yeah. and everything. I, the the shining yeah. star of this movie is Kiefer for me. He's got that oh, yeah, great yeah. voice. And there's probably, and maybe it's just because I've seen Kiefer and everything, there's no way you don't recognize his voice. And his name was on the credits. Yeah, obviously. It wasn't? I'm not even sure his name was on the front really? credits. It I recognize his voice back. 10 seconds after Oh, yeah. But yeah, we watched 24 and he's a Joel Schumacher guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been working with him since Lost Boys. And so. he, I think you saw him at the end. You did see him at the end. Yeah. Like so at the end minutes. credits, I think he was on it, but I'm pretty sure they did not credit him at the beginning. It's kind of like uh, um, I mean, Kevin Spacey yeah. wasn't credited at the beginning of Seven because they wanted to keep you it kind to, of a secret. Like, you'd be waiting. Why haven't we seen at him? At that time, Kevin Spacey was a little bit harder to distinguish yeah. his voice when Seven came out. Mm-hmm. But when, when Phone Booth came out in tw- 2002, if you were a movie or a TV fan at all, you recognized Keeper. When did Kiefer. 24 come out? Right around that same time? A little early. 20- I think it was the 90s. No, maybe you're right. Maybe ninety eight at I, that new house. Yeah, but I think we watched it on DVD. You were done. I think okay. it was all done when we watched okay. it. So I think it was. It might have been ninety eight that it started playing because I watched it at the loft too. I remember watching it with uh, Fat Buds and in uh, Francis. We watched it all the time there. Um, yeah, I missed twenty four. I got out of that. It was quickly, though. The first three seasons, so good. Yeah, first the three seasons were epic, and then it just took a tank. Like I don't think off I a got, cliff. After I don't think that. I went after that, but the, then they came back, and, the, and I heard okay. it was no, it was not good. It was okay. like a short little jaunt back in there. So yeah, yeah. but back in the day, the first three, oh, yeah. I'm not sure if they hold up or not because that first one was a little far fetched. It like went to the point where his, his wife got amnesia. You're yeah. like, oh, they're pulling the amnesia yeah. card already in the first episode, first season. <laughs> Usually, got to wait till the fourth season to pull that shit. <laughs> Is uh, the alien? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, man, I love phone booth. Check phone booth out if you haven't you seen it. You can do a couple it's, of these. Oh, yeah. They, but see how he does that, folks? He, he's trying to work in a part two and a part three. And a part <laughs> four. <laughs> well, we four. could do, uh, we certainly could do multiple decades. I'm sure we've done other thriller decades. I just know we hadn't done 2000s. Uh, but there's plenty done in the 90s and the 80s and even the 70s that were really tense. So. Yeah, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up. I'm wondering where we would come up because we probably have dropped the Halloween episode. I actually we're actually recording it tomorrow, so we probably dropped the Halloween episode first, and the thriller one is what you're listening to now. Oh, then we have uh, me and uh, my cousin Eric are going to be up north next week in Massachusetts. Hopefully, the nor'easter is done, gone, and clear. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. It's super bad. Eric's windshield wipers aren't working. On you one better of his pretend cars, like so. it's trains, planes, and automobiles on the last day there, and you got to make it back here. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it'll all be gone if it. Was this week I was going up, I would have been screwed. But next week, I think I'm fine. It's all going to be gone. In the it was next beautiful days. up there last week. Yeah. yeah I think it's going to be beautiful next week, too. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. see. Maybe I'll catch the... Uh, I don't think I'll catch an early winter there. So, But when I'm up there, I always do a, a great horror pod with my cousin, and they're always fun. It's like the one time I drink, so we, we do them a little tipsy. Last time, we were super tipsy. I didn't know if I was even going to be able to There's do no it. There's no word for super tipsy. It's, yeah. You want, you're me, tipsy, then you're drunk. Yeah. I don't think I was drunk. I haven't been drunk drunk in like... 20 years, 25 years, probably. But that was probably the most tipsy I had been. Uh, but the uh, 
we're gonna do a horror wild card up there. So I don't. And Eric always keeps them secret. He won't tell me what he's what his oh, picks really? are. Uh, so I always gotta go in blind. Wild card horror. That's wild all card over horror. the place. I think I'm more. I can uh, not you, but him. I can go a little bit deeper than him sometimes really? because he, he seems like he was a beef. He, he did. Horror movie yeah, he, huge horror movie fan. He is the one of the biggest horror movie guys I know. But he, a lot of them he has seen, but he hasn't seen. I'm pulling some obscure like ones. Stepdad three would be like on his yeah. on a poster on his wall. Weird enough, I just bought Step Cart, uh, Stepdad two. Really great Terry O'Quinn movie. I have got a guy that I mentioned in previous pods. Got a guy that is selling. Need something? He's selling. I got a guy. Deep, deep, deep cut cuts. horror movies. Deep uh, ones. Just plain discs, right? Uh, like no, the Lizzie Borden one I got. Like that no was covers. a TV movie with Elizabeth McGovern mm-hmm. from from Bewitched. I, and most ah, of the copies online yes. are like thirty five dollars, but they're all disc only, so they're not. They don't have the cases, so you can sell them a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I I got it from him for like fifteen bucks, and I was like, that was the best purchase I've made. I never. I've I have a list of horror movies I'm continually looking for and it never moves i never take any off of it because i never find them and since i met this guy on ebay i've been able to remove like 12 of them and i was like this i keep telling him i've messaged him to before i i was like do you send him your list no i should i should should just say hey my list and here's say, my list yeah. pull these aside yeah i probably should do that but i keep telling him do i said right i said whatever you drop an obscure horror movie i know i i have the search saved so i know i'll be always able to find it so i'm excited about it sounds like he should raise his rates so yeah <laughs> so after uh after the horror movie uh wild card then me and justin are going to do a character actor actually character actor part 10 our 10th character actor pod. Okay. And then me and Dave are going to do political dramas, which is going to be uh, right up Dave's alley. We'll be able to pick some really good ones on that that we haven't talked about in a little while. So that'll be exciting, too. <laughs> um, what's the one with Eddie Murphy? Gentlemen, sure gentlemen. We, put, we can't put political drama with that one, but that would be political. Uh, political. What's that shit? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Distinguished gentleman. Distinguished gentleman surprisingly has a lot of stuff that teaches the audience about yeah, name uh, recognition, about the Senate and uh, procedural, the, the different uh, packs that, that they go on. on yeah, Dick Dodge. He was great. <laughs> I love him, man. So yeah, so we got some really exciting stuff coming up uh, soon. So be sure to join us. But uh, if you want to check us out, Facebook checks out Fascinated with Films, or you can uh, shoot us an email, films at gmail.com, or you can leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, which are SoundCloud and iTunes, and uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. But until next week, which the week after this will be the horror wildcard. So I will be traveling up north to bring you next week's uh, pod, so be sure to check us out. Until then, see you. Bye. It's not in your best interest to disconnect me. Someone could get hurt.